It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to an impromptu episode of the NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit unusual tonight. And uh, we're going to hand over the hosting duties for the podcast to the mercurial irregular Rob. Rob, take it away, mate. It's all yours. G'day, everyone. I'm very honoured to have this uh, honour of doing the hosting today. Um, we're also here with Austin, um, and you've heard from Mark already. But we're basically going to be going through some fan questions um, tonight, or today, your time. And, um, yeah, we're going to kick off with some Facebook questions, Instagram and Twitter questions that you've been asking about the preseason. Um, so let's just crack into it, boys, unless you got any, any news or any updates from, from last time we spoke. Uh, I probably just want to highlight the fact that uh, Austin's uh, one of our interns, so more than likely the information he's going to give you is incorrect, but we'll let him give it a crack anyway. <laughs> no, you've all heard Austin before. He's he's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we've got a question here from Nathan. Um, so heard on another podcast that Adam Elliott is carrying a pelvis injury. Should we start with him? What do you think, Mark? Um, I, I sort of spoke a little bit about Elliot previously, but uh, for, for me, I'm actually feeling that he's a bit trappy, have nothing to do with the pelvis injury, just to do with the quantity of minutes that are available. Mm. So I had a bit of a look at him last year, um, and in the games where he played exclusively in the middle and for at least 45 minutes, he averaged... in 58 minutes. So, I mean, he's currently priced in that, you know, Tavita Pangai, Aaron Clark, Brandon Smith, uh, Corey Horsburgh tier of priced players uh, who all we're sort of projecting to maybe just squeak into 50 if they, you know, if things fall their way. And, I mean, 58 minutes for Elliot would be, would really be things falling his way. Uh, Clemmer departs and he was playing just over 60 minutes a game, but, I mean, Jaden Braley's going to play 80 minutes a week. They've got two 80-minute edges. Tyson Frizzell had a couple of games where he went off prematurely injured last week, uh, last year with that uh, rib injury, and obviously we'll speak about in our, about that with NRL Physio, but I don't foresee that being an issue here. So, I mean, my concern is with him is if he plays 55 minutes in a worse team, he might be just a 44, 45 average, you know, plotting player and, you know, I mean, you can get that out of Daniel Saifidi for 65K less or something. So what about you, Osto? Are you, are you in the same boat as me or do you have a different IPL idea? No, I pretty much agree with what you've said there. You pretty much summed it up perfectly. It's just, yeah, it feels a bit trappy. Yeah, so yeah that's how I you just... give perfect advice, mate. <laughs> you just got me, Mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thoroughly researched. Um, I'll just add that I was reading through the physio, NRL physio player profiles today, um, which are excellent, by the way. Um, but he said about Adam Elliott that he wasn't really concerned about the ostitis pubis injury that he got at the end of last year. Um, it definitely affected his performance at the end of last year, but it's it's one of those ones where he plays through pain, um, which he did, and it, it did affect his fantasy scores, but not... Um, it's not going to affect him into going into 2023. But I think that's more of a, a red herring into 
what we probably shouldn't start with him anyway. Um, so maybe if that's the excuse you need to not get him, then that's, and then that's probably uh, the right thing to do. Um, Nathan's just got another question, which is also carrying Hamas, uh, Charles Nickel Klukstar and Perham as my starting wing fullbacks. Is that a good idea or should I downgrade Holmes to have cash for a better wing fullback? What do you reckon, Osto? Um, no, I think that's not too dissimilar to what I have currently. Um, there's generally at the start of the year, every year, there's a different strategy depending on how many cheapies there are in different positions. Like this year, we've got Sloan, we've got Talao, there's George Jennings floating around, there's Karan Pereira, then there's Martin, CNK, Hammer. So we've got like seven to choose from. And with the buys that are in there weekly now, we can actually play loop looping tactics every week with our wing of fullbacks. So you can try avoid some of the volatility there in the lower price in the lower price range that comes with that position. And most of the guns in that position don't really have a good opening draw or anything like that. So I think it's fine to start with some cheap wing of fullbacks this year. Yeah, I suppose that's one thing that's changing this year is that we're almost gonna have red dots every week, right? So there should be some really tactical looping that you can do so i'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this later um on another pod mark what do you reckon yeah embrace the red dots and the cheap wing fullbacks i'm with you guys i think my uh i've got chance perham and lucky miller at the moment so i uh you know i'm sure we'll we'll discuss miller later in the episode um and but i've got hammer in my centers so i'm carrying all three of the same players yeah i was just going to say miller as well um miller's probably the most expensive guy I've got at the back um and then if you've got you know one of the cheapies that Austin mentioned Perham, Talal, Dunster, whatever um then you should be covered for all the positions but don't yeah don't spend too much money on it um question from Hamish any of you lads looking at Nass so Nelson this officer Lamona talk of him starting on an edge with so much depth gone at Melbourne scored well there in his last few appearances last season what do you reckon Mark uh, yeah, so if, I guess the big concern for me is in Craig Bellamy's coaching career, we haven't really seen him go with this sort of combination. Um, so I find it, you know, dangerous to be going down that track of thinking that that's what's going to happen and planning for it. Uh, that said, if we see a Sofa Solomona start on the edge, grab the jewel, and then become a mid you know, a mid-edge duel that's, you know, starting on the edge for 20 minutes and then moving into the middle for 30 to 40 minutes, he'll become a really interesting option for me. Uh, So, you know, if you just look at his career today in games where he's played at least 45 minutes, uh, it's a 50-minute average for 47 points. But, I mean, you know, if he's playing 60, that's a, you know, that's a, you know, 53, 54, and, and that, that price, that's a win considering he's going to be available through the origin period as well. So I suppose it probably just comes down to what minutes you'd expect from him in that position. I mean, the two games that he played, some minutes out on the edge there last year, he scored 69 and 83 points respectively with an average of 45 attacking stats per game and 11 tackle busts. So uh, he's, he's obviously got some, and that was against the Panthers was one of them. So... Um, he's obviously got the the chops there, and um, yeah, I'd love to see it. Uh, I just don't think I'm, we're going to. Yeah, I just add that. Um, yeah, obviously, if he gets an edge spot, we'll, we'll have a serious look. But it's with Melbourne; they lost both of their edges um, in the off season, so both are up for grabs. It's just we don't think that 
Nelson will, will win one of those edge spots. We've got Sims and Katoa at the moment. Um, but yeah, if, if he gets some kind of hybrid role, that would be amazing. But yeah, there's no real precedent for Bally doing this kind of thing. So yeah, what do you reckon, Austin? Uh, yeah, pretty much the same. To be of like any interest, he'd have to sort of lock down an arrow-type role, but I don't really see that happening because they lost a lot of mids as they did edges, and they have mm. they went out and got two specialist edges in Katoa and um, Sims, but even though Sims is going to play mid, they still have the depth with Lorero, Howarth, and even Chris Lewis if they have to, but they're a bit thinner on mids, and even Joe Chan. So I think if they're going to use Nass, Bellamy's probably going to just pluck him in the middle because that's where he's needed the most of many Joe Chan uh, comments tonight, I hope. Um, where are you guys at on Tanner Boyd? Uh, he's cheap. This is from Dom, by the way. Where are you guys at on Tanner Boyd? He's cheap and has dual position, making him a seeming, seemingly perfect bench scorer. But if the Titans stink it up, he could A, score poorly, and B, even be dropped by round four. So what do you reckon, Mark? Yeah. Um, the thing is, the Titans definitely played better with him in the halves last year. Uh, and I think that it's much more likely we're going to see an injury to AJ Brimson or Kieran Foran based on, you know, history than that we're going to lose Tanner Boyd. Although if they were to move somebody in the spine, he should probably be the one who moves. But, I mean, you know, we're kind of at the point where, you know, hopefully at his price he's able to to generate some quick cash. Um, I don't, from memory, I don't think their schedule is super difficult to start. So, I'm I'm hoping that he lasts till at least, you know, round 13. I'll be looking to probably move him on around then, uh, I would think. Uh, but no, I, I don't, yeah. Obviously, it's always a concern with a, a guy, but I think at the price with the jewel and the upside, you're sort of pushed into making the decision. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And just looking at um, Brimson's injury history, it was the groin last year, wasn't it, that, had, um, that he was out for yeah i think he's got um, the pubis oh he's got the pubis as well yeah, yeah. It's, it's common it's yeah it's infectious um what do you reckon <laughs> austin yeah the dpp is too valuable and the upside is a bit too large to ignore they do have a mixed bag in the terms of like their opening six they got uh tigers they got tigers dragons then they got melbourne cowboys then dragons broncos with a buy squeezed in there in round five so i mean yeah, it's not the worst, but it's not the best. Yeah, they. I mean, they could be. They could be in the top eight. Come, you know, depending on the t- how the Tigers gel. Because the thing with this Titans team is they're more or less like they they've added Foran and Verrills to the spine, which is upgrades. But like they should have a lot of those combinations. As the West Tigers are sort of they're going to be good come you know later in the season. But if you want to play this Tigers team, you want to play them in round one, um, and then with the Dragons twice at a bye, you know, and then even the Broncos is a, a que- bit of a question mark. They could realistically be, you know, four and three, including the bye or, or three and four. And, and, I mean, that's not going to be enough to drop a halfback at that point. And then they go into the Dolphins and and uh, Manly, who are both winnable games, the Knights and 11. You know, they could, you know, they could be eight, nine, ten on the ladder somewhere, which is not going to be enough to make them shake the spine up. And what's the alternative? Is it Sexton or is it like Cam- Campbell no, be, going it'd, back in? Yeah, it'd be Jaden Campbell just straight in yeah. at halfback, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, look, if that happens, we, we reassess, right? We we um, we pivot because I think just the hooker, having hooker at 
at the start is just really nice. Um, and yeah, it represents too good a value to, to pass up just on that alone. So yeah, I agree. Um, question from Jacob, um, top three spend up centers that present some value. So I'm guessing he means kind of keeper centers. Um, yeah, to me or, that so, means like expensive guys. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you reckon, Austin? Uh, pretty much you'd say Holmes, Bird and, and Stags. And if you're feeling a bit spicy, probably Burns or Graham as well in there, to be honest. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard, talk to me about Burns and Graham. Uh, well, Graham's just, I think he's been averaging, he averages around 42 for the last five years. And he's just, he's got a very good buy schedule. It's just like an alternative if you want to go with a pod or you just, you know, feeling a bit different. Burns is definitely underpriced. He averages in the high 40s when he can stay healthy. But as we know, he's an in- injury magnet. But, you know, he's around 2K cheaper than Stags or, th- or so. So they're about the same price point if you, for some reason, didn't want to go with Stags. Mm. And Mark, I know you're a big uh, fan of the Stags um, fan club. Yeah, mate. I assume you've got I, him as I, well. No, yeah, I like Stags. So yeah, I, I had the same. I had the same three. Uh, but you know, there was there's a couple of other guys. Uh, Talakai is a really interesting one to me with some potential upside. Um, if he's not on the list for the injury pod for NRL physio, I'd like to throw him on there. Um, but also Dean Gagai, who I highlighted last year. Uh, averaged in the 40s at centre as well, priced at 560k. Uh, and, you know, he's got the last three years in a row, he's been a 40 average centre when he plays the full game. So he's an interesting one, particularly if he can get some ball outside of Jackson Hastings and Tyson Frizzell, who their their edge should be a lot fitter this year, uh, all going to plan. So, um, yeah, I mean, outside of the four that he put up against the Panthers in round 14, uh, Gagai was really, really solid, including an 89 in his second last game um, and, you know, more than 55 in three of his last five. So, yeah, there's some potential there. He opened, came out of the blocks last year with a 78 and a 72. <laughs> <laughs> we Absolutely. all would have been scrambling. Yeah, that was 78, 72, uh, 37, 40, 50, and then he fell off a cliff. Um, so I wonder if maybe there was a little sneaky injury or something in there or if they changed. I think maybe Jake Clifford was there and then they dropped Clifford and, you know, had Clune and some other joker out there. I don't know. I'd like to look into that. Uh, but, yeah, no, Gagai's one. He could – it wouldn't shock me if he's, a, you know, top five centre this year um, and has a really good buy schedule. But, you know, he's as we know, he's a Queensland state of origin hero. So, you know, that <clears> works against him. Absolutely. And and I suppose with, with Bird, it's one of those ones where he's – probably the only centre this year playing in the forwards or the person with, with um, fantasy um, centre. So, yeah, yeah, he's got just a really high floor. And, yeah, you kind of hope he plays lock so that he's got supreme value, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen because of JDB. But, um, yep, and Holmes is just a jet, so yeah. nothing more to I, say I about do really like I do really like Stags. Yep. My stat was um, five, he's got five of his first six games at Suncorp, which is just really fun. I don't know if his stats at Suncorp were better or worse, but well, yeah, the Dolphins playing at Suncorp are pretty yeah. good, is pretty good. Yeah, he play. He doesn't have an early buy and doesn't play around thirteen. So he's you know he's going to play fifteen games straight, assuming he doesn't make the Origin team or something like that. At which point you can you know turn him into Manu and hopefully you know for maybe a, a sideways trade to Manu for zero dollars. Um, from yeah, you'd hope, you'd hope Manu's lost a bit of cash by that point and then gets his um gets his spine starts where he really makes yeah. his 
make some big scores. Yeah, that'd be excellent. Um, question from Caleb. Is Lockie Miller worth a punt? He's not cheap considering he's an unknown, really. He's my only worry in my team. Jeez, if that's your only worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say I don't, I've only got, you know, a very limited amount of worries as well. But, yeah, no, he definitely is a concern, uh, Miller. Uh, so, obviously, in the fullback role in reserve grade last year, averaged just a tick under 40 um, in his full games, uh, kicked one goal. So, you know, let's call it 39.5. Um, but, you know, the big impressive thing here for me and the replicatable stats is 150 metres and eight tackle busts a game, which is just monstrous. Um, and then you move him across to the NRL where it was quite similar um, you know, it was what did he almost average fifty? Um, mm. But you know, similar sorts of numbers: nine tackle busts and and one hundred and ninety nine meters per game. He got two tries and three line breaks. But I mean, you know, for a guy at four hundred and twenty six k, if he averages your forty ish on the downside and forty five to fifty on the upside, you take that. Not to mention, he's another guy who's going to play around thirteen. Yeah, priced at twenty nine. Um, it's yeah. It seems like a pretty where we've got a position where there's not a whole lot of uh, big scorers or bigger scorers that have that represent good value. Um, I think it's a great guy to start with. What do you reckon, Austin? Yeah, I tend to agree. He's pretty much a jet from all the games we've seen him play with the Sharks. There might be a little bit of regression there, given he's going to the Knights, but it won't be enough. Like it won't be so much that it hurts his value. He's like 28 or something as well, right? I feel like he's been around the traps for quite a while. Um, yeah, he's a uh, Olympian, mate. State of, uh, you know, rugby sevens, former rugby sevens. Uh, he's got the tackle bust, you know, moving background. But you know, we obviously we want to see him, uh, you know, with some consistent. Obviously, the concern with him is the short preseason and all that sort of gear. But and the spine combinations and stuff, especially with Ponger out. But yeah, you know, he's a good fullback. He'll be back. Yeah, I would like, want to see if I see anything resembling the shark, what he did at the Sharks in the preseason. He'll be he'll be in the team. I think he'll just be in your team anyway, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just yeah. let's just move yeah. on from that. <laughs> it actually reflects into the next, the very next uh, question on our list here. So um, yes, uh, so a question from Oliver in reviewing your twenty twenty two round one team and considering the new buy format, what lessons and strategies are you applying in building your 2023 round one team? So yeah, Mark, you go first again, eh? Yeah. So yeah. So obviously what I sort of alluded to is in 2021, I found myself doing a lot of looking for safe upside rather than just the, you know, balls to the wall, extreme upside. And, you know, there was a couple of guys who I actually called as I really, really liked them as options but didn't buy them. Uh, the two main culprits being Isaiah Papali'i, uh, who I called in the preseason as really, really liking. Uh, and obviously we know what happened there. And the other one was as soon as Ryan Pappenhausen went down, I went, oh, Nico Hines here, he'll be a, you know, he'll be a jet. Didn't buy either of them. And that basically cost me my fantasy season, Those missing those two, because I never had either of them all year on top of Cleary. Um, and then, it was 21, right? Not 20, 2021. 22. Yeah, yeah, 2021. So when we did our summary podcast after that year, I made a commitment to myself that I was not going to miss out on the obvious high-risk upside plays 
even if they had some job security issues. So um, I, you know, I, I took a lot of those upside plays. So round one, I had Stephen Crichton, I had Isaac Targo, I had Jeremiah Nana, I had all those guys. But when Charlie Staines went out, I missed Taylor May and I went, oh, Charlie Staines will get his way back into the side. And, you know, I, I missed that upside play for the concern of, you know, not making enough money or blah, 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 and, you know, playing it too safely with, you know, like not wanting to waste a trade but costing myself a, a guy who would have been in my team almost all year if not all year. So, you know, everyone that had Taylor May was really, really happy with his output all last year. So um, I guess where I'm at now is is looking at guys like Hamaso, Isaac Thompson and Lockie Miller and just going, well, these three guys in particular, we've seen the upside. You know, yes, there's some question marks on their, you know, potential downsides and their value and this sort of stuff. But, you know, like I just can't see myself not having those guys. Um, and I'm much more inclined to avoid the guys that are the safer value, quote, unquote, like, your, you know, your Tamara Martins, who we're going to talk about later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you reckon, Austin? Uh, for me, last year, I found myself trying to always look at a different, like each situation with trades and stuff, looking at them multiple ways when it was really just obvious to just pick the best player in that position and then forget about it, which is a syndrome of getting too many pods. And that hurt me a lot last year because I had a lot of times where I got unlucky with injuries, but I was the only one copying it because I had the pod versus the guy like Isaiah Papali that everyone had. So sometimes too many pods can be disease. And I guess we go over that in the game theory article where even if you think some player might not be the best, like um, Hammer or even Smith, just because of his sheer ownership, it would be a mistake to not get them. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I just wanted to ask how you guys actually went last year. How'd you go, Austin? I think I finished around 1,800. Mm. And Mark? Yeah, I actually had a career best year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was in the top 1,500. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'm a uh, do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do guy. I'm not very lucky, and I ignore my own advice all the time, uh, which is That's another a- thing that I <laughs> made a point of not doing last year and had a career best year. And really the only thing that cost me is the, is the Taylor May and starting with James Tedesco. That was the two two things that really cost me last year and and not not understanding the difference between 21 and 22 in terms of how much it was going to get wound back mm. the attacking stats you know obviously like the the up the outliers like you know I picked the clearies and turbos out to avoid but just every single player <laughs> was where I sort of missed out so yeah but, you know no one's perfect but yeah no definitely career best year and I'm feeling actually extremely confident this year which I do every year but you know, more than you've years. certainly done the done the work in the off season, so hopefully it pays off. I think just for for me, it was I think oftentimes getting trapped between fan, between overall and head to head, because really I was only in one head to head cash league, so I kind of ended up focusing on that because that was the one that was going to get me the actual gains. But the my main stupid error was buying Cotter <laughs> for starters, um, getting oh, no, psyched, was, psyched into the. Though into the hype train um, and then holding him thinking he'd get better where like I know, and I've read this a thousand times from 
the NRL physio, but like those soft tissue injuries, you don't, you don't mess around with them and you don't, they're always going to come back um, slightly, you know, on controlled minutes and, and things. So yeah, there was just not a whole lot of ups, upside um, to do that kind of thing. But yeah, look, I'm like Mark and I feel like we've done a lot more analysis in the off season. So hopefully that can pay off for us. Mm. I, um, I find, I find that this has actually been really good for my own personal understanding of where players are up to in fantasy and that sort of stuff. Like writing articles for other people's kept me a lot more accountable to my own opinions. So be interesting to see like the two years on the website. Like I wonder if it's that I made was making good decisions or if it was just that I did better analysis last year. So I'll be interested to see if the trend continues or if I go back to sucking again. <laughs> yeah, there's, there is so much luck though, isn't there? Like I think I got tail in May, like not, not at bo- the bottom price. I'm sure you did Austin as a massive Penrith fan. Nope. No. <laughs> um, I think I got him at um, 400 or something. I got him less than, less than you know, but still had a really good time with him. But, yeah, you never know, right? No, you do not. Um, all right. Question from Oliver. I feel like he's contributed well, but thanks, yeah, he Oliver. Did, he um, did four, four questions, but there were four good ones. Yeah, they are good. Um, is Aaron Clark a trap? A four-game sample size at lock slash interchange is giving me 2022 Toby Sexton feels. Ah, oh, PTSD. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll let you go again, Mark. <laughs> the biggest sigh goes first. No, I'll let Austin go first. Okay, go on, Master. Okay, yeah. Um, I just think the mid-duel he's going to get if he starts at lock will be just too – the flexibility gives your team, even with Smith having it too, is just too much to, like, ignore. And then given his upside is to 50-plus and the floor is mid-40s, there's, like, in his price range, there's, like, less of a disaster you could have, basically. So for me, it's more just the price he's at, uh, the risk-averse upside is there. So I definitely don't think he's a trap. Yeah. I mean, the the other point to this is, you know, the only really, you know, chink in the armor is people are pointing to a game against a storm. Everyone scores shit against a storm. You know, they they know how to slow players down. You look at the Titans and that what they're gonna need from Clark and Tino this year, and it's just a it is a lot of minutes. And I mean, even if you extend it to twenty twenty one, you capture an extra game against the Sharks where he scored seventy points in fifty one minutes without a try. It's like, four tackle busts, isn't it? It's, but it's still he still doesn't have a try in that sample size. And you've got to yeah. think that there's one coming. 56.2 in 55.4 minutes. You know, he's just at work. You know, he's, he's, he's you know, and I, and like don't hear me say something I'm not saying here. He's in the Cameron Murray mould of forwards, you know, like the, you know, lighter, quick feet, you know, just, you know, gets in, whatever, you know, like he's, you know, a bit faster, you know, he's got some skill and that's sort of what the Titans need to be playing with. Um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I like I currently do not have him in my team, but I do want him, but I'm also like this team that I'm, yeah, I, I, I like I think he's one of those guys, he's much better in head-to-head than overall um, only because he misses round five and then misses round 13 as well. You got a couple of other guys who, you know, are also risky but have better job security, and you know, like you know, they're or you know, they've better buy schedules, this sorts of thing. But I, I think Aaron Clark is their lock. 
you know, and the, the only way I can see it changing is if they decide to like move David Fafita there or something like that. Like there's no one else in this team that, that covers that role now, you know, Tino is showing that he's much better when he's just rucking it out and not having to try to, you know, ball play. And, and Clark can do that job. He can cover hooker, but, you know, they don't need him to. Uh, yeah, he's he'll be, you know, I know you're not allowed to have two teams, so I certainly won't be running two teams. But if I was to run a head-to-head league team and an overall team, then he would definitely be in my head-to-head team, but probably not in my overall team. So are you running Robson instead? Yeah, I have Robson, Brandon Smith, and Tanner Boyd in my overall team, which is definitely the only team that I'm running, and I'm not running a head-to-head team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I currently have him as well. Um, I, I also saw that he was playing the Storm, and I don't think you can read too much into that. It was really just his attacking stats that got nerfed in that game, and his base as well, to be fair. Um, but what was the score in that game? I don't know. Probably I assume they got pumped. Many, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. it was I, I round 21. So, There's a safe assumption that can be made there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, I think, I don't think he's going to be sexton level of traps, basically. Like, his, his floor is too high. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, I, I suppose worst case is high 40s, right? Or mid to high 40s. Um, yeah, yeah, look, I guess it's worst the case. The worst case is he's in the exact same boat as what I think uh, Adam Elliott's going to be, which is like 45, you know. Yeah, which still wasn't a disaster, right? But it's just not yeah, someone you probably want to start with. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I got no, I got nothing else to say. I, I think I'll start with him. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Oliver, again, what's the maximum number of players from the same team that you were each comfortable starting with? Any more than two seems very risky to me if the team has a buy before origin. I'll let Austo, do you want to take that one first? Austin? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, basically what he said is pretty much true. Like if they have a buy before maybe round 10 or something or even before the first buy origin, you don't want to load up on them. Like you don't want three Melbourne players. You don't want three Tigers players. You don't want three Titans players. You don't want three Penrith players because then all of a sudden you're playing multiple weeks, missing two, three of your best 17 and early in the year, that's going to hurt you a lot because a lot of our emergencies are all going to be volatile. Wing fullbacks that could all give us like single digit scores. But if you're loading up, you'd want to do it on the teams that are playing late buys, like the Cowboys, the Bunnies, and the Bulldogs, basically. Yeah, Mark, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, you could take a couple of other teams into there. So as long as they're not, like, you know, round eight or earlier, um, like, you know, if you're looking at, so Storm is sort of on the line at nine, but, you know, the Warriors and the Knights have buys, uh, in that sort of period where I necessarily don't mind getting them, particularly if they play 13. So, you know, for example, if you had Sean Johnson, Tamari Martin and Chance Nickel Cookstar, like that, I, to me, that's fine because more than likely you're going to move one to two of them on by the time it gets to their buy anyway. You know, Sean's they a keeper, haven't made so. money in nine or ten weeks, and Sean Johnson's <laughs> probably a top three. Ah, so you got to uh, why would you trade him? You're not playing Origin, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, that's don't joke about that, Rob. But um, 
But the other one, like say the Knights, like you might have Lockie Miller, Jackson Hastings and Tyson Brazel or Lockie Miller, Ty- Jackson Hastings and Adam Elliott, where, you know, you're going to have, you're going to hang on to Hastings probably through the round 13 by, but, you know, you just, you know, the value is good enough with those other guys. You can sort of, you can sort of, you know, cop it. But as a rule, I think I'm looking for one to two from every team is, is my goal, but I'm not going to miss obvious players that, that, you know, defy that. But at the moment, the most amount of players that I have in any team is two. So. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like there are a whole lot of teams that have more than three fantasy relevant guys anyway. In, in my kind of, I think the kind Knights of is actually the most fantasy relevant team this year. Miller, is it oh, all the guys you mentioned? Yeah, well, they got Miller. You know, Brazil. maybe you know Gagai if you wanted a center. They got Hastings, Ponger if you you know like the name brand. They've got Frizzell. They got Adam Elliott, Daniel Saifidi, Jaden Braley. Are all guys who you know have have been tossed up at one point or another. Not to mention mm-hmm. Superpod Jack Hetherington. Oh no. <laughs> Oh. You already spoke about this on another podcast, I understand. Yeah, last night. Yeah. <laughs> if you are, yeah, I'm not going to talk about Jack Hetherington again. If you're really interested in hearing the uh, Jack Hetherington chat, head over to the Boom or Bust uh, preseason podcast about the Newcastle Knights. Make sure you set aside like three hours though, because you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it kind of feels like more of a draft issue, doesn't it? Like you know where you might accidentally pick, like kind of NFL fantasy times where you're like, oh, actually, I've got... Okay, but, like, you know, let's just... Yeah, okay, let's have this out. Yeah. Jack (laughs) Hetherington, in 2021, had the ninth highest Telstra tracker speed. He had a higher Telstra tracker speed than Alex Johnson in that year. So, you know, and, you know, it's been widely commented on that he's an athlete. Uh, I've got nothing against Hetherington, mate. I, I, I was more saying the, I was more saying the. Um, okay, so go on. He's had three career starts on the edge at an average of like forty-seven. So, you know, I'm talking about like full games, but he's, you know, he can put up some fantasy points, and he's three hundred and seventy k. You are telling me if Jack Hetherington is starting on the right edge for the Knights in round one at three hundred and seventy k, you're not interested. So you're talking. No, I- no, I'm not. I, I would definitely start with him. I wasn't yeah, saying. Perfect. I wasn't so saying. So you are pro Hetherington. I'm. Yes. I'm definitely pro. He was great for the the Warriors. Those few games he played for us. He's Did he just play got the Warriors. Yeah, we yeah. he got loaned or. Yeah. <laughs> but he's between, definitely got a. Between when he got Sinbin like five times for the Panthers and when he played for the Bulldogs, is that between? Yeah. Them, was it? Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when the Warriors saved rugby league. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that. No, that was more of a. I think falling into the trap of more than two from a team feels like a yeah. like a draft issue. Yeah. I wasn't having a, a personal a go at you and Jack Hetherington. Because it sounded I'll, like you were, and I just I just wanted to pull it up because you've got your heckles up. Got your heckles up. We're a pro Jack Hetherington podcast. I, no, I definitely am. I actually looked at him as well, but I just thought, is he coming back from injury as well? Um, it's only a um, it's a shoulder injury of some like a latigee or something. But yeah. um, put it on the podcast. Uh, put it on the physio list. You yeah, still for Brian. That list? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a good yeah. a good few players now. I think. Yeah, we've only got now though, don't we? So. Yeah. So no, no, we've got plenty of time, mate. He, he'll lose track of time. 
we're getting waffle and he'll be on it. But um, yeah, no, definitely no. He's the the other physios that I spoke to seem to be confident with it. So if he's starting on the edge, he's he's a goer. Cool, but, fantastic. Yeah. It was just We've another only got part so much time. of this question before we go into deep into Hetherington yeah. chat, which which we oh. could talk about all night. Is um this raises another point about depth? We aren't going to be able to carry red dots this year, and having decent players right down to twenty one is going to be key. I suppose that's a comment more than a question, but it's correct. Like we definitely can't afford early red dots. Um, Certainly, you know, when you're trying to get a looper or something, I suppose there's an injury. There's probably an an amount of weeks that you'll be able to carry an injury, especially to a keeper. But other than that, it's going to be pretty dicey, isn't it? I suppose it depends on what your buy coverage is looking like as well. Mm. So, you know, if you, if you don't, if you're, you're covered with buys, you've got heaps of jewels and you just got to plug a, you know, Tommy Talau in for a week or two, you're fine um, because everyone else is going to be doing it. So it's going to be really important, particularly for overall players that can serve trades early. So, you know, doing your research, you know, following the amateurs, listening to every single second of our podcast, even the Jack Hetherington <laughs> seconds, reading the website, looking at the shortlist, doing your own research, listening to other podcasts and doing the best version of the research you can to get the right 21 players is, is going to stand you in good stead more than ever this year. Um, and yep. can I give you a hot tip from previous experience? Uh, buying Kieran Foran because he's got a good buy schedule is not a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I think buying Kieran Foran full stop is not a yeah. good strategy. Well, <laughs> yeah, I learned that. I learned those two lessons simultaneously in 2017. <laughs> um, all right, Oli, one more question, I think. Um, Tamari Martin had four 80-minute reserve grade appearances at half, 24.3 points in 2022 how confident are you projecting projecting 10 points of value for his current be of 21 mark oh, me again i just yeah. 20 minutes on jack hetherington come on Oster, you go first <laughs> mate you tee off all right all right all right look i'm not very confident because the warriors have a bit of a nightmare run but given that he's still pretty defensively solid and he's he's at 313k i think you just have to take it and then cop whatever you get because like at 313k, it's not really like the risk is there's not really much of a risk verse. And then the upside is what high 35s. Like, yeah, I think he's a bit of um, he's a buy. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, he seems a bit he's he's a bit vanilla ice cream, you know. Like he's just like yeah, he's fine. And like you know, if you've got plenty of other chocolate and sprinkles and marshmallows and whatever else and you know you know like a nice little Fredo frog or something like that you know he's all right if he's just plugging into your team and you need a wing fullback at that price like he's fine but I think if you got you know 60k lying around for a chance or a hammer like you you're obligated to spend that um and I also think like having say Isaac Thompson and taking the risk on his upside um, even though there's question marks on his job security is probably one that's worth going over a, a Tamari Martin is more the point. Yeah, I think – I don't think people have the chocolate and the sprinkles at, at Wing Fullback though, do they? Like it's the, it's kind of like a, a selection of terrible flavours, like your rum and raisins and, you know. Well, um, well that's where like you, your choice is really to go like plug Hammer in to there and get a gun centaur or another yeah. centaur. Or, you know, you go like right now my wing fullback is Miller, Savage, Perham, you know, and going for a, you know, upside play 
you know, as opposed to, you know, meat and potatoes. Because Tamari Martin's not, yeah, it's, it's almost like it's quite easy for him to get 31 points, I think, is, is kind of where I've got to. But the possibility of him getting that much more than 31 is not that high. So it's like, do you want to just yeah. take the 10 points or do you want someone that's got, you know, slightly more upside? Um, yeah. yeah. So, Rob, can I circle back Martin. to 20 minutes ago? Yeah, and tell you about my commitment to myself between the 2021 and 2022 seasons. Taking your walk up ten. It was very important to, uh, you know, I was taking the safe ten points, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and avoiding the high upside, you know, potentially volatile options. And I had my best season last year where I stopped doing that. So, yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, it's he's. Yeah, if if you need somebody at that money do it, but, you know, I think a good use of 60K is getting Chance or Hammer. Yeah, I think most people will have Hammer anyway because of the centre position being shallow as well. But, yeah, yes, no, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, question from Jaron. Which teams do you think will fly out the gate in the first six or so rounds and who will be the slow starters? We'll go Austin again. Um, so the the teams that are going to fly out of the gates will be the settled teams like the Sharks and the Cowboys. The um, not the Roosters, even though they're settled, but they tend to start slow. Just that's just because that's how Robinson coaches them. And then the teams that are going to be a bit clunky to start will probably be your teams like Penrith, um, the Tigers, Knights, Warriors. They're all teams that have had like some core changes to their spines and and teams basically. See what you're doing here, like setting low expectations for Penrith, even though they're going to win like uh, yeah, you know, a lot so. of games. Um, but no, I, I, I appreciate it. Mark? Yeah, so the two teams that I specifically wanted to highlight uh, is the Raiders and the Cowboys. Uh, they have the best combination in my mind of strength of schedule, team cohesion, and buy schedule. That would be, you know, like they've got a good buy schedule, they got good, you know, like a good good matchups, and their team hasn't changed that much. That's the three sort of key factors. So Raiders and Cowboys, really big fans of that. The other four teams that I think will start pretty well is going to be the Storm, Knights, Tigers, and Bulldogs. Uh, for the same reason, strength of schedule, less, you know, in terms of buys and and team cohesion, because all four of those teams have had pretty big overhauls in some key positions, um, but they do have good buy schedules and good. Um, strength of schedules. So um, they're, they're the sort of the six teams, but really focusing on the Raiders and the Cowboys. Uh, I am actively avoiding Dragons, Manly players and Warriors uh, where possible. Yep. Sean Johnson. Um, yeah. No, Sean Johnson is the exception to that because uh, I, I will not be talked out of moving him out of my team. Uh, and um, Cheese, also the Roosters and, and Cheese is the other one where um, I think they're, Strength of schedule and their buy schedule is just horrendous, but uh, I don't think it matters for him. Yeah, I think just drawing on what Austin was saying as well, just the, where there's been some kind of spine shift is is kind of what makes me slightly nervous. Um, but the only ones I could really think of were Warriors, Knights, Tigers, and I think Knights and Tigers will probably be okay. Um, but Warriors, I think, are going to have a really rough start. Like their schedule is really horrible up to the bye. So, mm. yeah, I mean, it kind of goes to, to Murray Martin from before, but 
I suppose it depends how you how you think the player is going to score points, doesn't it? Like when you're looking at teams you think are going to go badly. And if there's a guy that's just a tackle bot um, or, you, you know, their base stats are really high, they're just going to get through the meters regardless of if they win or lose. It's probably okay. But you don't really want um, your bottom four or guys with a really slow start when you want to be making as much money as possible, um, relying heavily on volatile stats like attacking stats when you're playing against the top four teams. Um, yeah. I think we've said this already, but who are your centers from Mitchell? Mark? Uh, Thompson and Hamso. And Austin? At the moment, I have Holmes and Thompson, but I'll probably end up with Hammer and Thompson. Yeah, I think I just need some clarity on if Thompson's going to be the guy. I kind of assume he will be, but um, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a worry for me too. Because then if he's he's in it and then he's out, you kind of just stuck with Talal in the middle of the season and no center cover. So it's definitely a risky play. But like Mark said, the upside is there to have a Taylor. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it will be like Taylor May a bit, where there's the uncertainty of Milne coming back and then you end up not getting Thompson who's just a, a jet so yeah I've actually got um, Remus tentatively put in there until until I make a gut call on Thompson but I think I'll, I'll get Thompson as well because um, yeah. Remus is a, just one of those guys like uh, Tamari Martin where it's just really boring and <laughs> there might be 10 points there might be you know 8 to 10 points but it's um, it's not exciting um, question from Brenton. Would you go Robson as a set and forget or go Clark? Mark? Oh, well, no, hang on. There's, yeah, so obviously the 200K is a big part of that. Oh, um, yeah, obviously. But... Obviously Clark <laughs> yeah. is 200K's less. Like, yeah, so um, I... But it depends on your team, right? Yeah, for overall, I think Robson's a better buy. For head-to-head, I think Clark's a better buy. Yep. Austin? Um, for me, it really depends how you're going to spend that extra 200k. If you can get more points than you think you'd get from the Robson versus whoever's there, then I would do it. But yeah, 200k is a lot. So yeah, I think I'm the same as you. I, but I'm also comfortable starting with Boyd and Clark. Um, probably more in head-to-head than in overall, as Mark said. Um, Let's 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 skip let's save this next one for the end because it's a good one. It is a good one. All right, skip it. Um, oh, there's a lot of hooker questions, isn't there? Um, team structure head to head. Given the bias, should you be focusing on a top eighteen versus a top seventeen? Let's go, Austin first. Um, I think early cash is king. So basically, if you want to do your team structure, you should just be getting all the guys that present value, like the cheapies, like, you know, all the bottom placement guys that are going to get their starts and everything and then go from there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, the same. Early season, just focus on cash generation, use the buy planning as a secondary factor, and then obviously late season, you want to be buying as much quality depth as possible. Yeah, the only thing I wanted to add to this, and I don't know if this is, I mean, this is probably still a strategy, but you want your emergency players to be making enough money so that you can upgrade your starters. That's kind of always how I've thought about 
fantasy. Um, this year, I think there's a little bit more in terms of depth because you are going to be relying on your emergency players a little bit more than perhaps in the past. But I don't think you should pass up um, those, you know, really, you know, lucrative players that are going to make a lot of money just because you think they're going to be a better seven, a better 18th man because um, there might be another 18th man out there that um, might score more points but isn't going to represent the same value. So, yeah, I think it's just, yeah, balancing that and, yeah, and targeting the buys where you can. Um, let's skip the next one because I think we've spoken about it. Um a question from Dan again. Top two buys in each position. So I'm going to go with you, Austin, for wing fullback first. Um, for me, it's uh, Param and Meany, just because Param's got um, he's the cheapest and he's got the most upside given his reserve grade average. And then Meany, depending on the Papenau's and injury, because he's got around an average of 50 when he plays the position 80 minutes, and that's that like from a decent sample size of seven games. And I think he's got upside to about like 50, 53, even like if he keeps the position the whole time, like, cause we've heard how bad the, the injury is to Pappenhausen, then he could end up a top five winger fullback by the end of the year. Yeah. I think the Pappenhausen injury is pretty concerning. Um, I was just reading through uh, the NRL physios player profiles today, and it's comfortably the longest section on, on him. Um, and it's just the, I think the rehab, right? Like the injury was so, so bad, but then his injury, his rehab has just been um, stunted every single step of the way. So him, for him to say that he's not, doesn't know when he's going to come back and genuinely mean it um, is quite frightening. So yeah, I tend to agree with Meany, but I currently don't have him in my team, but maybe that's something I should revisit. Um, Mark? Yeah, I've had a look at Meany. I like him. I can't fit him in financially, but it's I don't I don't disagree he's a bad buy. Uh, I have the same in terms of Parham, but I also like Lachlan Miller for the price versus potential upside. Yep. I think centers are pretty straightforward in that we've spoken about them already. Um, Hammer and Thompson. Um, anyone else? No, I mean, there's a question later about some gun centers. Oh, no, we already can't covered the gun yeah. the gun value one. So if you're not going to go for those two, get um, homes. Obviously, you need those you three. Want. Yeah, homes, stags, bird. Yeah, half's, half's interesting. What do you reckon, um, Mark? I'll go with you. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Matty Burton. Uh, I think he's got some upside, some Heinz like upside this year to, to move up into the 60 plus category. Um, Jackson Hastings, if he's goal kicking, is my second one. Uh, if he's not goal kicking, it becomes a really interesting question about, you know, Sam Walker or, you know, going back up to a gun or, you know, these sorts of guys. Or Dewey. Dewey? You know, yeah. A few I'm, less, I'm less excited about Dewey the longer that time goes on. Why is that? What's put you off him? Um, just a couple of comments, you know, like, you know, like that. It, you know, like they're talking about these articles are talk, coming out about Moses potential going to the Tigers and Brooks is still, I don't know if it's just Brooks being Brooks and, you know, not realizing he's a dud, but you know, like, oh yeah, this would be a big draw card for me to re-sign getting Moses. And it's like, well, hang on, mate, you're the one that would drop out. And like, are you the one that would drop out? 
And like the next, the next thing is, you know, do they put Chain, Char, Charlie Staines at fullback and you know move Dewey to the centres and put Laurie at five eight? These are discussions that are happening in the preseason as to what the team. Like, you do not move a guy that you think is a good half to accommodate Dane Laurie, Charlie Staines, and you know Ken Mamalo. Like that, that raises really big alarm bells for me about Dewey. Uh, I actually haven't had Dewey in my team at all in the preseason. I have no inclination to change that. Thought some of the Nofaluma stuff was bad as well. Saying that like he had the time of his life playing for the Storm, oh, yeah. you know, like that's just not the it's not the right kind of thing oh. to be saying in the off season for the guy that's probably the most ex- like probably paid the most out of any of the outside backs. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, mate? Um, Austin, yeah, I had Hastings and then I had Dewey, and that's just because even. Like, yeah, like Mark said, it's like it's the inverse with Burden as well because they've both got new teams, so they could either gel really well with their new teams and hit their upside or they could get clunky and hit their downside. But I'm more confident in Dewey because he played in that terrible Tigers team and has an average of around 60 points when he plays in the halves and he's priced at, I think, 53 or 54. So there's already minimum four or five points value upside, and then there's even more like potential upside to get into the low 60s. Yeah, I I prefer Burton than Dewey myself, um, and Burton hasn't left my team, I don't think. So I'm going to say Burton. But yeah, yeah we've, I think... We've just a- got a question here through on Instagram, which is relative to this as well. So... Yeah, there's a guy asking, uh, Corwin Brookhusen is asking about needing a 1700k half to pair Hastings. Uh, which out of Burton, Dewey, or Dylan Brown would we get? Um, so, yeah, I think we're all in agreement we'd go for Burton in that situation, wouldn't we? Yep. Yeah, I would. I haven't even looked at Dylan Brown, but I assume. You know, most of his value was tied up to Moses being out, right? And no, yeah, yeah, he's already too expensive. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right, Edge, Mark, uh, Jermaine Hopgood. Uh, yep. Although he's going to land as a jewel, and Luke Garner, uh, only because I'm, you know, and if it's and if it's Hosking, then it's Hosking instead of Garner. And if Ali Kato is there, I think it's still Garner slash Hosking, but just by a whisker. Um, at the moment, um, but you know, I, I think Katoa has a lot of upside. But I think those guys have a safer upside, um, you know, while also you know not being the not falling quite into the play it safe category. I doubted Garner for about eight seconds the other day, and then went back to look at him again and worked out that I didn't got didn't doubt him and put him back in my team. So, yeah, I think whoever starts on that Panthers edge will be in so many teams, right? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I don't know, Austin, I'll let you talk talk about this. Who do you think it will be as a Panthers fan? I have literally no idea. Like, I'd flip a coin oh. right now. But No, for me, it's 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 80% going Garner's way because Hosking cool. is still very, like, he's still very raw. He's only played two NRL games. Um, Ivan gave Garner his debut back in 2018 when he was at the Tigers. And Garner's got, he even has that Jack Bird about him where he can play Santa in a pinch if, if, the, if Penrith start copying injuries during the game. So I think for just that, he's he's got a, he's ahead, I reckon. Yeah, that's not great for fantasy, though, knowing, you know, the curse of the utility. Have they got anyone else they can, that can play Santa on the edge, or is it just... Oh, like, they do, sorry, they do, but I'm saying... Oh, yeah, they got, of course. They've got Peachy, yeah. they got Salmon, like, they, they do, Sorensen. I'm just saying. That's a tick. Yeah, Sorensen as well. They, that's just a tick in Garner's column versus Hosking, basically. 
No, I like it. I like it. And I, I'm in agreement with Ghana Hosking. Who, well, Ghana sounds like it's going to be Ghana, which is great. And um, I think Katoa will be good as well. If you know, I, I'm just I'm a big subscriber to if you leave the Warriors and then go to a good team, you're <laughs> probably going to be good. So yeah. um, I'm going to have to start with him. I think. <laughs> Did you see um, Otakolo's signed with the Dolphins as well? I thought he was going to go with Penrith, but. Um, Oh, did he? He signed with he signed with the Dolphins. Yeah, so that's he's going to be good at some point. I suppose he was like, "Do I want to be number three for the Warriors or the Dolphins (laughs) under Wayne Bennett?" And (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm not. He might even be number two because I mean, yeah, well, because it's Snickerima, right? I suppose it's no, you can't. Yeah, so I mean, I would do that every day of the week if I was him as well. Um, Mid, we'll go mid uh, Austin. Uh, for me, uh, definitely to pain. Um, he's for me. He's the second coming of Andrew Fafita. So this is the cheapest year you're going to get him. Every other year he's going to be averaging low sixties, and then it would be Hopgood for me, which you know he's going to get dual, but I put him in the midsection. So yeah, that's that's a clever workaround. I like that. Um, Mark. Yeah, I've been cold on a lot of the mids this year, if I'm being honest. Um, so I went also went with the top and A. Um, and then went with Brandon Smith as the other mid um, because there's a few hookers that I really, really like. But, I mean, shout out to my boy um, who I've just put as my favourite captain, um, Cam Murray, who's also mid, obviously, as well. But, um, yeah, there's a few other guys. Uh, yeah, t- fun fun tidbit on, on Tuppany. Uh, he averaged like 63 point something in the games where – um, there was the two hooker rotation and Adam Elliott wasn't playing hooker for a period of time. So I don't know if that sped the game up, um, but it seemed to have a positive impact. Obviously he had that rib injury, which we excluded from our sample. And um, yeah, he looks set to be, you know, a top end prop. I want to, I want to make a sneaky, a sneaky shout out to Davida Pengai Jr. Here though. Mm, yep. Um, just because he fits the mold of like, High upside. Um, actually, uh, listen to listen to the uh, YKTR podcast that uh, Belent was talking about. Where the infamous YKTR podcast. <laughs> yeah, where uh, where uh, so the long the long story short is the the YKTR podcast. Willie Mason, for those of you that don't listen to it, uh, if you like listening to people talk shit, which I assume you do because you listen to our podcast, you'll probably like it. Um, but they were going through the team previews and they were talking about the Bulldogs with Willie Mason, who is the assistant coach of the Bulldogs. And they went through the team list or whatever. He just doesn't add anything at all to these team lists. He, had, he wouldn't have a clue, mate. But anyway, so apparently uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. wanted to fight the co-host because he didn't name him in their top 13, <laughs> like starting 13 players for the Bulldogs. I went back and listened to it. It's way more animated than what Bill Ant made it out to be. Um, yeah, apparently, yeah, Tavita Pengai wanted to do a charity fight against this assistant coach, and he was real dirty that he didn't get named in the in the thirteen. But I heard in the thirteen, as in like the top thirteen best starting players, not the thirteen, not lock. Like the lock. Yeah, so, I I tend to agree with that, having no context. And the, fact, and the fact that they made they made a point of. Um, making Raymond Faitala Mariner only the club captain and not the game day captain 
makes me wonder if that's because he's not starting. Yeah, so, I think that's right he's as well. Played lock I- as well. Like ima- you just imagine an edge combination of Viliami Kikau and Davida Pangai Jr. Like how do you so deal good, right? with that as a defense? Yeah. So, and instead of that, you get like Andrew Davey or Raymond Fitella Mariner out there, which, you know, they're fine, but they're not Davida Pangai Jr. And, you know, if he is fit, he is the sort of guy, like the fact that he went out of his way to call the guy out and pick him out, like that just says to me, like Pangai is the sort of guy that's going to come out and have a career best season just to like give the finger to everybody that was laughing about the training all the house down, you know, gear and best form is like, like he seems like that sort of guy. You know, uh, I've heard this story before, but hopefully this time it's true because I am yeah. a big fan of Tevita as well. But the, also the thing you're talking about with that edge combo is it's it can either win you games or it can lose you games because they're two very volatile players. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You'd know more than anyone about Kakao, mate. Oh, yeah. Um, He's not even a right. Panthers junior, mate. He was just a ring-in. He's a Cowboys He's a cowboy. No, but he debuted with us because you guys didn't want him for some unknown reason. So because <laughs> yes, Paul Green doesn't like blokes under thirty, mate. Or didn't like no. blokes under thirty. <laughs> let, let, let's let's leave that topic right alone and move on. <laughs> Before we get into a deep Paul Green podcast, I don't want that. Yeah. Oh, do we do the um, hookers? We've got to do the hookers. Where's, oh yeah, hookers. Watson and Tanner Boyd for me. Yeah, same. Yep, easy. Um, I don't have anything to add. I just I thought Horsburgh might be fine at mid, but it's pretty boring. Um, yeah, yeah. They actually didn't even say Corey Horsburgh's name on the YKTR Raiders preview today that I listened to. Yeah, it's not great, is it? They were talking about they. Apparently, they were talking to Josh Josh Papali'i, and his two guys to watch were Adam Mariota and Trey Mooney. And they were talking about moving Hudson Young to lock, which might just be crap. But, you know, like, yeah, I just, you know. I, I, just I, I reckon Hudson Young would be awesome at lock. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, they've yeah. got, they, like, the shortage of edges that they have in the surplus of middles that they have would suggest that that's not the best way to go. But, no, I, um, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, really their best side is, is, is you know, depending on whether they want to score, you know, they want to take the Tigers' method of winning. 38 to 36, they might go to Corey Harawira or if they want to, you know, play it with a straighter bat, they'll go to Corey Horsburgh. But, yeah, he's one that I've sort of wavered on a little bit in terms of my confidence in his role, if for no other reason than all the reasons that I highlighted why I wasn't confident in his role, which is, you know, the man on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think... Yeah, it's kind of he's kind of just been in my team because he's a good price, and that's just not a good enough reason. So yeah, Horsburgh um, and Pangai feels a little bit like to me, like the safe quote unquote ten points versus the potential upside play. You yeah, know, that's where I'm sort of looking at that, going, oh, like you know, am I just playing it safe again? So like my back, my mids at the moment is Tarpany, Pangai, and Murray. That's so nice. Like I'm either going to get 250 or get 37 out of. Pangai and Tarpany. Murray's going to get you 60 every day of the week. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. A question from Brad. Um, thoughts on antipotting cheese? In my opinion, he has 10 points of value. At best, he has 10 points of value based on his history and is too inconsistent. 
He may well get to 55 points per game, but I'm expecting at least 10 demerits per game based on Roosters' up-tempo style in attack and defense and a mid-40s average. Thoughts? Um, Austin. Oh, well, basically, he may be right, but the problem here is that he's like the second most owned, actually, he's the most owned player in the game. So if you do anti-pot him and he busts out a 60 like a sixty average in the early rounds and everyone else sells him off when he has a second half shutdown like, like, like Braley did a couple of years ago, then you're not only heaps of points behind, but you're heaps of cash generation behind too. I think this is one where you just can't get cute with it and you just have to start with him, especially with the duel. Maybe if he was just a hooker, you could make a bigger case to not start with him, but because he's a mid-hooker, you just you, I think you just have to start with him. Mark? Yeah, I've actually got some fun uh, stats here for Brandon Smith. So I did the Brandon Smith article on our website and I looked at this in a lot of more detail because at this point I really wanted to antipod him. And I can tell you on my scoring system, on my uh, preseason spreadsheet that I'm running with my team and like, you know, like where I've calculated total points, including buys and all that sort of stuff and that, Brandon Smith has the worst score on that sheet. Like, he is the first one to go. If his name wasn't Brandon Smith and he wasn't 47% owned, he would be out of that team. But the problem that I've got here is, in addition to everything that Austin spoke about, if you drill down in the numbers, he's got 41 career starts at hooker, including international matches, and an average of 59 minutes for 48.3 points with a 37% try scoring rate, which is quite high. Uh, it's not Robson level though, but it's high. Um, if if you take out the nine games on the old scoring and only go to 2020, 21, and 22, or by the old scoring, I mean the old rules, hmm. um, those numbers change up to 61.4 minutes. So it's an increase of only 2.1 minutes, but those points go from 48.3 to 51.2. So the important thing there is for everybody that's concerned about um, you know, minutes being stolen by Watson or, or, you know, obviously it won't be Watson this year, it'll be Hutchinson or whoever else. Even if they pinch like 15 minutes off him, he's still, you know, can do, he can get 50 in 65 minutes. Now, there's an instinct, there may be a desire to reduce his 41% try scoring rate that got him to that 51, and, and that's fair enough. Um, but Brandon Smith is an attacking player. Also, looking at, um, I, I looked at all of the games where Brandon Smith played exclusively at hooker and didn't move into the middle because there is, you know, there is a, dr- a drastic drop off in his in his rate of scoring when he plays lock or prop as opposed to playing hooker. Um, so there's a ten game sample where he plays on the current NRL rules at hooker, only at hooker. Uh, in those games, 67.5 minutes for 49.2 points um, with only a 10% try rate. So I think there's a, an argument to be made there to say that that's his flaw, that 49 points, um, but 10% seems quite low. And I think 
more likely we're going to see him go up into that 25 to 30% try scoring rate and see that move into 52, 53. Um, it's also interesting to see um, that his 2022 and 2021 met matches where he played without Harry Grant in the side, uh, his average was 56.7. Um and in 2020, when he played with Cameron Smith, it was 53.8 with no tries. So there's um, – oh, sorry, that, that earlier sample, I took the 2021 out because it was really high try scoring. That's why. So it was the, the 48 – 49.2 was only 2020 and 2022. So, yeah, 2021 drags it up a little bit. But, I mean, realistically, I've got him projected at 65 minutes um, for 52 to 53 points is, is my sort of thought. Um, the downside of him obviously misses round five or four or five, four, I think it is. And yeah, then, I think four's right. Yeah, and then again in round 13. That's the two bad ones. But for head-to-head players, he's a, a lay-down majeure. Um, there is a, a case to antipod him for overall with the tough schedule as well, but, you know, I, I'm certainly not going to recommend it. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point, and and that's probably going to be a little good TikTok about uh, Brandon Smith. <laughs> so yeah, I think there's a lot of words there, but that's <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. If you're interested and you don't want to listen to me try and explain it and fumble over it, just go to the website and read the article. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's enough on cheese for now. Um, yep. But we'll move on to the Cohen Merchant. Thoughts on how much to be spending this year on your starting wing fullback spots, Mark. <laughs> I just said as little as possible, but I really like what Austin wrote. <laughs> Austin? Uh, I said I'm paying bananas because most winger fullbacks are monkeys. So basically I can't, even if I pay for a good one, they're probably still going to give me nothing. So just pay for this, the, the cheaper ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, look, you know, look at what James Tedesco did to anyone that started with him last oh, year. Oh, don't even, yeah. I yeah. Did you start with First, him? Yeah, yeah so. I did. First five games, one score over 50. Oh, yep. yep. The one thing I've learned about fantasy is not starting with Tedesco. So. Yeah. If, if um, the only thing that you knew was don't start with James Tedesco, you're in a good position to score better, particularly considering that there's a certain unnamed podcast that's recommending James Tedesco to every Tom, Dick, and Harry that listens. I think the so. issue with our, our anti-Rooster um, strat is that they're going to all score really well against the dolphins, but it's, it's not just about round one, like fantasy. So I think that's just, yeah, look, uh, Tedesco might score a hundred against the dolphins, but that doesn't mean that our analysis is wrong. Correct. Yeah. Cool. But he's probably probably get like (laughs) just hedging our bets. Yeah. He'll have a little early shower because you know, and then Manu will go to fullback and score a hundred. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be that'd be bad. And Sam Walker will kick ninety three goals. No, the yeah. Dolphins are not going to be that bad, guys. No, they're, they're not. Gonna they're not going to be that bad. they're going to be bad compared to the Roosters, but not that bad. Yeah. Cool. Um, question from EMEF: Brayley and Burton, Jay Brayley and Burton, or Robson and Hastings? I think let's just say Robson and Hastings and move on, eh? Yeah. Well, there was a thought a question directly below that. Thoughts on Jaden Brayley? Yeah. Um, you know, he's very vanilla ice cream. He had a really good start to 2021, but so did every other player in the NRL. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of that back half and then off the Achilles, he was, you know, low fifties last year, which is fine, but that's exactly where he's priced. So 
you know, like, you know, there's there's guys like, you know, if you want low 50s, you can get Aaron Clark. Yeah, and I, I think I think it's one of those guys you should go cheaper or more expensive um, if you want. You know, he's right in that middle sweet, not sweet spot, opposite of sweet, horrible spot where you just don't, He's he kind of is what he is. He is what you get. Um, he's high high forties. So, yeah. Going back to Braley and Burton, though, I would I would like Burton in that duo. If you can get someone else in Burton, I'd be okay yeah. with it, but not Braley. I'd be looking for a way to get Braley, Robson. Oh, sorry, Burton, Robson, and Hastings. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Burton's Burton's my guy. Um. Who are your possible Smokies? Speaking of guys, who are your possible Smokies this year? F- like Fermor from last year, Papali'i from 21. I remember a few years back, Mark steered me away from Blake Braley and told me to go for Man, and it was clutch. This is the kind of vibe I'm looking for at the moment. I've got Mo Fotueke as a possible one. I'll go with you first, Austin. Who have you got? <laughs> this might be controversial, but I actually have Luke Brooks. He only averaged 42 last year, but he's not really relevant this year because there's a lot of guys. There's Sean Johnson that's cheaper for him for like 80K, and then there's Hastings who's 30K more expensive. So he's just kind of in a no man's land during his price, due to his price. But I think on the back of this forward pack, he's going to have a better year and average in the low 50s. Who have you got, Matt? Oh, there's a few guys. Um, More so, I've got a, a point of a strategy um, I actually want to change my guy that I've got written on this list, so I'm going to take this one off. But um, I, I want to make a point of a strategy more than anything. Um, I think my main advice that I want to give is to steer out of going for a Heinz or a Cleary in round one if you're an overall team. So, like, at the moment, you know, I've been able to go Murray, Tarpany, Robson, um, who, you know, come round 13. If you start with Nico Hines or Nathan Cleary, you're not going to be trading them out in round 13. So while I'm, you know, reveling in my, you know, high, uh, my, my Murray, Tarpany, Robson, because I'll trade Murray to somebody else in round 13 because I am, you know, I've made a commitment to myself that I'm going to do that. You know, I'll be able to utilise all that money and, and and do that in round 13 and all the, you know, couple of little ticky-tacky points that you're going to get early from having a Cleary or a Hines, you know, you're going to lose those out to the to the Murray owners. In my opinion, uh, head-to-head, completely different. Start with Cleary if you're playing head-to-head only you don't care about overall. Um, but if you play overall, I would strongly suggest that you avoid behind Cleary and go for a Hastings Burton halves combination, get Murray in your mids and, and work around that. But um really, really, really like Tony Staggs this year. Um now he's one he's in a surprising amount of teams, um, but I wonder if in eight percent, but I wonder if maybe that's, you know, not necessarily reflective of um like people who are at the quote unquote top end of fantasy and they're just guys that are sort of, you know, along for the ride. Um or the you know, the auto auto select teams. Uh, I think there's a strong chance that he's a top five center this year and, and you know, he's by far the best option in his price range. He allows you to do some some really cool stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, the lowest ownership player that I have currently in my team is... Sean Johnson. Oh, 
God, no, Reese <laughs> Robson at seven point two percent. So, yeah, I've I've gone pretty chalky this year um, because I think some a lot of the upside's really really clear. But I got a lot of guys in that ten, eleven. You know, you know, I can't believe Jackson Hastings is only nine point five percent. Pangai is higher owned than Jackson Hastings is, Whew. which is pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's more of a strategy. Would be my you know, like I've done the numbers on this. I've spent a lot of time looking at it and thinking about it. I feel very confident if you're a head-to-head player that the strategy is to go Murray, avoid clearing Hines and sell Murray round 13. Yeah, it's a nice strategy. My my hot take that I thought about today was Burton for Deli M. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I rate that. I rate that. Yeah, cool. All thoughts? right. Put a bet on right Maybe. Maybe next year, though. I oh, you can't even bet on it. No, you can't. They've taken it away, right? Um, yeah. Oh, mate. There was one couple of years ago when, Ro- when Roger Tour versus Sheck won it. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh, the Dallium results have been leaked and two of us Sheck's going to be the Dallium. And at the time, I was pretty poor. Um, and I was like, oh, man, like 100 bucks. Like, and he was paying two to one. And I was like, oh, this is a pretty bad bet. And if it's... It's bad advice. I'm going to be. I'm going to kick myself. I don't really have that much money, but sure enough, we won. So that was the last year you could bet on it. Yeah, because it's it's like <laughs> that's why it's a joke. It's a ridiculous. Yeah, it, was on, it was on Twitter. It was on Twitter. Like you remember when uh, Ruan Sims uh, yeah. voted on it, and she didn't even watch the game. Didn't even watch the game. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's why Ben Hunt. I, I love Ben Hunt. I love Ben Hunt. But that's why he keeps getting. Delhi end points, right? Because it's like, oh, the Dragons played? Oh, who's in the Dragons team? Yeah, oh, Ben yeah, Hunt. Yeah. yeah, no. I think we were discussing this on the podcast last night, actually, with Boom or Bust, that Aaron Woods might be the third best player on the Dragons this year. So. No, no. Is it Jack Bird and Ben Hunt? And then yeah. just any number of yeah, players? Yeah, Zach, Zach, Loma- Zach Lomax and, and then tied for fourth Aaron Woods with everybody else. Yep. Yeah. I definitely agree. Yep. All right. Um. Oh, and I don't think Fotoweka is the smoky that you're looking for, by the way. No, Are we a werewolfy? It's not the droid, um, it's not the droid yeah. you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to circle back to that. Um, moist Milky, do we plan on doing a predicted draft order? Yes, we are um, this weekend, I think, Mark. I have done the large majority of the work on it. I just need to yep. reorder the wing fullbacks, and then I'll be publishing this weekend. Yeah. Now flick around for us, and we'll, we'll have a look um, if you want. <laughs> I like that you, you just tacked that on in the end. Um, uh, interesting. I, I, okay, I've got a. This is not going to be a. This is not going to be somebody that you're going to action because he um he's too expensive and the position is too good. Um, I'm just going to make sure I give you the exact correct information here. Um, like so, he's an edge player. So um, I saw an interesting stat today, super coach, uh, like a super coach stat, but obviously it's going to be transferable to NRL fantasy, which is Angus Crichton uh, partnering Kiri on the left last year versus before that. Because remember how he like just didn't score a try at all for like the large majority of the year? Yeah. Yeah. So his games where he partnered Kiri in the edge – um, he no, that's not right. I missed one. I added a minus in there, not a plus. Yeah, because Kieran Time, was mate. ACL, and then he was out for a while with that head knock. Yeah, he missed six yeah. games, I think. 
Yeah, so in the, in, in the last six games where Kiri and Angus Crichton were partnered together on the left-hand edge, Angus Crichton's average was 65.8, but his career, his season average was 57.1. So that means prior to that, it was probably 49, I'm guessing. So I'm just going to do the numbers on that. So, yeah, that, that might be a smoky. If you're looking for a gun edge back rower, uh, he might be the uh, the droid that you're looking for in that. Price range, yeah, maybe roosters. Yeah, yep. fifty three beforehand, sixty something after. So, yeah. There's just a plethora of edge cheapies this year there too. Is. So there's too like, many. Yeah, it's more of a draft thing, isn't it? With yeah, Angus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he and there's he's... a there's a case to be made that Angus could be like you know the fifth or sixth pick in draft. Yeah. Mm. Like yep. somewhere in the Tarpany range. All right. Question from Mark. Um, got Cleary, Burton, Hastings, and Boyd. I've got cover for every position, but w- would you downgrade one to upgrade elsewhere? Mark. Me? Um, yep. Yeah. No. So I think my, my rule of thumb is buy value, not points. Um, don't worry about position. Uh, buy value and points, and don't worry about positions as long as that you have cover. But uh, I think it's probably overkill. And if I was you, I excuse me. If you're assuming that you're an overall player, I'd be going for the Murray strategy instead of Cleary and and spending that sixty k somewhere else. Mm-hmm. If you head to head, just roll with Cleary there. Um, and if Hast- and in the case that Hastings doesn't kick goals, because uh, you know, seem- according to Barry Tui, he seems to think that Pong is going to be the goal kicker. Um, if Hastings isn't kicking goals, and maybe you might make a change there and and get rid of Hastings. Yeah, pretty much agree with the same thing that Mark said. Yeah, great. It, it even feels like slight overkill in head-to-head, though, having all those halves. Yeah. But well, yeah. If your Boyd's sitting in up in your hooker slot, then it's all right. Yeah, true, true. Um, question from Rory. Can I go Cleary and Murray? Austin? Yeah. Yeah, Mark? you can, but, yeah, like Marcus said countless times, like it's just about getting the value and having two 900K players is going to leave you short in some spaces. So it's just about what you think, really. Yep. Um, question from Brody. Who is your one must-have for this season? Um, Austin? Um, Tapane overall, and then head-to-head would be Cleary. Do you mean Tapane? Tapane, sorry. <laughs> Butchered it. You're all right. Not, You're not, right. Not You're right. Not Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And head-to-head Cleary, yeah. Um, and Mark? Yeah, uh, same with head-to-head Cleary. Uh, overall, I think Robson's slightly in front uh, only because he uh, has a marginally better buy schedule than Tarpane and I have them averaging about the same. Yep. No, I agree with – I th- I definitely agree with head-to-head Cleary and Robson, Tarpane. I think I, think I slightly favour Tarpane, but – um, I've put my one must-have as Joe Chan for this year, so I won't be accepting any questions about that. So, okay. <laughs> um, moving into the next question, what are your thoughts on Joe Chan? Reports, reports have him as a buy in early rounds. Reports. 
Is this is that you? Is that your burner? <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mitchell Buttery. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I, I do not believe he's going to be on the edge. Uh, but if he is, I'll buy him. Yeah, honestly, he's such an easy buy if he's on the edge. But it's almost like we'd prefer him later, right? Like, it's it's going to be it's going to be um, Katoa, Sims, Naz, one of them. When has when has um, Bailey ever put a rookie in his team round one, yeah. especially at he's Ford? Not really a, he's not really a rookie, isn't he? No, he's been playing the Super League for the last couple of years. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, this is an. It's not really um, a rookie. I I think if you want to streamline all these questions, the flow chart is who's starting on the Panthers' edge, by who's starting on the Storm edge, by, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Unless yep. it's um, Tarek Sims, and that's not a buy. Yep. Yep. Um, I love this one. It's really important with this next question to acknowledge that Red Dog Shawnee. Who's, yeah, uh, Red Dog Shawnee. He asks a question literally every single podcast. <laughs> Red Dog Shawnee. All-time, all-time Red Dog Shawnee. G'day, boys. Long-time listener. First-time question for the side. <laughs> Do you think a fair strategy for the season is two? I'll ask these one at a time because that would be easier. One, avoid the majority of origin players. Mark? Yep. Austin? Um. I think there's a bit of a different strategy to the game now, how buy, buy rounds have changed, having only filled 13 players. Like some players like Cameron Murray and maybe even Cleary or Hines, you can start with them, but then you're going to sell them off before anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, that's for overall. I mean, for head-to-head, you can hang on to origin players. True. Oh, yeah. But, you know, like what not, you really... Like, not Souths, you though, eh? You want to avoid Souths. Yeah, yeah, so there's there's a couple of teams. So the 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 Roosters, the Panthers, and the who was the other one? The Storm. They only play one buy, and it's before Origin. And then the other two buy rounds that they have are in State of Origin buy rounds anyway. So you only lose them for one head to head match all year. So Panthers, Roosters, and Storm head to head. You can load up on them. That's fine. Um. You don't want to be going for guys that will miss those games but then also have extra games that they miss and whatever and, you know, like because there may be a temptation to rest them through that game in the middle and give them a really big break as well, you know, give them that extra, you know, like say Murray or that like the Eels guys, not that you want to buy any Eels origin players, um, but, yeah, Murray, Cook, Latrell. Maybe Madison though. Madison's not going to play origin. Uh, he might, he's not not he, going to play Origin, though. He is. He is not going to play Origin. Can you imagine Ryan Madison walking around with no, f- like, shoes on? He can't even bloody he's, – he's not a team guy. He's in it for the, the, the cash. And, yeah, he, he you know, he'd refuse to take his boots off. There's no way Freddie's picking him for Origin, mate. All right. All they right. took Jacob Siafidi instead of Ryan Madison last year. It is mad. It is mad. Madison is so much better. But... Yeah. He's clearly an idiot, as 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 seen by the um, <laughs> missing four games instead of paying a fine or whatever. Apparently, he tried what? to reverse it, but he was like away on holidays or something like that, and didn't get back to them in time. It wasn't that he chose it; it so was that dumb. He, he didn't reply in time, so they went with the suspension. 
That's even worse. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he had every opportunity. He had every opportunity to. Oh sure, I mean, I've had every fine. opportunity to pay my thirty-two dollar power bill, but it's still overdue. Thirty-two dollars. Yeah, I've got solar, and and you know I've been living like an Amish person at home by myself, and um, yeah, I just I've been looking at it, going, oh, I should pay that power bill, but I just have I've procrastinated and haven't done it. So you've it's you've exactly taken four games and said, yeah, yeah, I took the four games. <laughs> Yeah, I want my money in my bank account. It's not, but it's not that. It's just I can't be bothered paying it, even because it's yeah. out of sheer laziness. That's what happened. Yeah. Wow, well, I feel we've lost our train. No, number two, have have no more than three players from a single team. I think yeah. we've spoken about this. Yeah, before. we discussed it earlier. I think it's a good plan. Yep. yep. Um, and avoid majority of players from poorer teams, regardless of potential upside. Now, when you say poorer teams, do you mean teams that aren't like teams that brought the salary cap or do you mean? I think he means, yeah, no, I think he means like bottom four, bottom six, not yeah, your, not your Melbourne Storms. Storms. Yeah. 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 Canelo Sharks. And yeah, you know, yeah. Canterbury Bulldogs. Well, <laughs> um, do, do you no. remember the time the Warriors breached the salary cap? <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Was, that's not, this is actually one of the things I said on the pod last night. I said, I have actually, you know, like they're talking about the Dolphins are like $2 million shy on the salary cap and like they have no idea, like they're going to have to front load contracts to meet their salary cap obligations and they're going to end up with like $4 million in salary cap space next year. Who's the most expensive player on the Dolphins, do you think? Oh, it'd be Jesse Bromwich at like 500 grand. Like I feel like all, all of their players are sub 500. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the point is they've got too much salary cap because they were saving it for all these blokes that they couldn't sign any of them. So now they're just going to front load all these contracts and which is going to be like the anti Bulldogs where, you know, they're going to have, you know, the Bulldogs are going to be, you know, selling people off in two years because they're all going to have all these front loaded contracts, a uh, backloaded Who was it? Like, um, Cassiano or someone, someone like oh, that. I just had these Tony, ridiculous yeah. contracts. Yeah, Moses Tony M. Smith or yeah, Moses Embiid on nine hundred and fifty grand a year. Or whatever. So anyway, so um, but the Dolphins they're having to front load all these contracts. And I said to the guys, like the salary cap for the for the the Dragons, surely they can't be anywhere near the salary cap. Like Ben Hunt's on one point two million or something like that. But like you know, Lomax and and that like who else is getting paid there? I think, I think it's Bird's the on. it's the death by the like mid range contracts. Eh? I was thinking about that with the Warriors today because apparently we can't afford. There's all this talk about two of us a shit coming back, right? But uh, apparently we can't afford him. But I was like, how, who are we paying apart yeah. from with Danny's losing at eight hundred k? But like, that is up there with the worst contract in the NRL. I think it's the I think it is the worst contract in the NRL. Is Brooks still on a million? He's oh, on, he's like, more, more than that. Yeah, more. Yeah, because Ash Taylor was the worst contract in the NRL, I think. One, 1. 1.2 for David Fafita is up there. Um, yeah, but those guys can win your game. Dallin just plays the ball the wrong way once a game. I think Wateni <laughs> Zilisniak is the most replacement-level winger in the NRL. Like, <laughs> you could you could replace him with literally any other winger in the NRL, like, and they would like do if, the same job as Yeah, them. if you could choose between... Dallin Wateni Zilesniak and Kyle Felt, you'd have Kyle Felt in the heartbeat, wouldn't you? Every day of the week. And what's Kyle Felt on? He's probably on more than oh, I would like no. to pay for a winger. But No, no, no. He's a good he's a Cowboys junior co and state high boy. He'd be taking he'd be taking unders to play for a championship. Don't you worry about that. I'm gonna look it up right now. He's on like four fifty. I think I'd take a cardboard cutout with the wind at its back instead of Dallin. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that is the best take, eh? Because he's not even, he's not even, like, he's absolutely replacement level. Like, I can't, yeah, oh, I can't it. stress this enough. Like, uh, you, I'd put literally a rookie in. God. I'd put, I'd put, I'd put, yeah, I'd take a reserve grade Josh Mansour every day of the week. Anyway, I digress yet again. Um, <laughs> I think, no, I think the, the question really is, well, we didn't even answer the question, did we? <laughs> yeah. So the question, the question is, are you avoiding the majority of players from bad teams regardless of potential upside? And the correct answer to that question is, for the most part, yes, unless there's somebody really obvious. Yeah. Look, if you want to buy Latini Zelizniak, I'm not going to stop yeah. you. But <laughs> So the bad teams, the Warriors – you know, the day as the days go on, I know I don't I don't want to I don't want this to come out of my mouth, but as the days go on, I become less passionate about Sean Johnson. Tamari Martin and Chans are, you know, situational purchases. The Dragons, yep. I'm buying Tyrell Sloan at 250k and that is it. Um, you know, the Knights, there's a couple of really obvious buys in there. Um, but you know, but they're, but like- they're kind of base price, aren't they? No, sorry, base stats. It's not you're really hoping for attacking um, upside there. I yeah. actually think the competition's fairly even this year. The only teams that I'm actively avoiding is the Warriors, Manly, and the Dragons. Dragons, yeah. There's not really anyone from Manly though. Like, oh, that, don't re- tell that to the Schuster buyers. Yeah, look, uh, you, the Schuster buyers are—they're just digging their own. One in. Four. They're digging their own graves, right? But yeah, yeah there's a Olukuatu like in draft, but like. You know, yeah. There's no. this, um one of the there's another spicy buy in the Warriors team. I think is actually Wade Egan. I think he's on his way to playing 80 minutes because they've been building to it for the last two seasons. And now that Jazz is gone, he's kind of the backup hooker. He's out for four weeks, and Egan's only priced at 41 points. But in the 80 minute starts, he averages 51. So he could be a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Do you think the they're going to put Lasik on the bench though? I think they might. Yeah, I do think they are going to. Oh, yeah, they could. Because I think we just don't have enough players. Like, Classic Classic is like the best man available to, to fill a bench spot. It's... Uh, I, yeah, I guess it's worse that Jazz is injured. Yeah. Yeah, Jazz is back round five, apparently. But yeah. I think I think you're right. I think Wade Egan can play 80 and should play 80 um, because we've got Dylan Walker on the bench, right? And he should be able to cover that, oh. you know. The, the I mean, yeah. hawker position, but, but yeah, if they put like, Lassick on the bench, it's diabolical. So yeah, For, fourteen out of twenty games he didn't play eighty minutes last year. Yeah, oh well, yeah, I think that's just. But it was Lassick. It was mostly Lassick. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you got Mitch back- Barnett, Adam Fanua Blake, Tohu Harris, Dylan Walker, Jazz Tavanga, um, Buntia Foa. Like those guys are going to play a lot of minutes. Like Egan doesn't need to play eighty. And his head's made out of, like, some soft, mushy goo. Like, you know, he'd be up there for, like, most head knocks in the NRL. Ah, uh, no, nah, Pong has got that one covered. Yeah, Ponga, yeah looking at the, the um, yeah, looking at the physio prayer profiles, Ponga's concussion history is horrible. Like, yeah. it made me yeah. stress out looking at that. It's worse than Kerry's. Yeah. Kerry hasn't had one for a couple of years outside of one. And Kerry got, yeah, two years off, so... Oh, we digress again. yet again. Yeah. Um, Red Dog Shawnee, he's just added a little bit at the end there, up the cows. Uh, cheers, legends, up the cows. Yeah. Um, you guys have anything to add to me dominating that last segment? And talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to go and get a meal replacement. I'll be back in 30 seconds. Yeah, fair play.
Um, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna ask you the next question. Um, Austin, thoughts on running no Hines or Cleary, for example, running Burton, Dewey, Hastings gives a heap of better options across the rest of the team. The Warriors' ownership of each of Hines and Cleary would have FOMO. I yeah, think we've, we've spoken kinda, about this a lot. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of touched on this a lot, but I will just go over it very briefly, very quickly, is that it just depends if you can make up the value in your team because um, there's other things you can do with the money, but it just depends whether or not you're doing the right things with the money. And having FOMO is a normal thing, but there's, yeah, we've talked about it a fair amount, amount at length. Are you, are you starting with Cleary? Look, I keep flip-flopping because I'm a Panthers fan, obviously. So when I watch the games, it's hard to cheer if I know Cleary's putting a score on me. So, <laughs> but I, I think I that's hard as a non as a non Panthers fan, right? Uh, yeah, but it's even uh, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of worse because I'm kind of having a heart attack watching the game because I want him to. I want yeah. us to win. I want him to stay fifty meters away from the play. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not going to win if Cleary's fifty meters away from the play. Uh, he can just do a bomb or something. I don't know. Yeah, you don't have O'Sullivan. You don't have O'Sullivan to bail you out this year, mate. That's all right. We got um, we got uh, we we got a dog, mate. James Salmon's all good. We James. got Jack Cogger, mate. We got the legendary Jack Cogger, mate. She's all good. Don't worry. She'll be fine. Um, Mark, you, are you back? Yes, I am back. Neil's replaced. Yes. No, I, I'm, I've got it. Um, the. No Heinz Cleary strategy. I know you're a big fan of it. You've talked yeah, about it. Love it. Ad nauseum. So oh, it's sick. Just, yeah. you know, don't I didn't I'm not putting Dewey in that basket. Um yeah. I I know lots of people are keen on him. I'm just don't have a lot of trust. I'm very concerned about his longevity and, you know, the amount of you know, like the amount of like pro Brooks stuff that's coming out at the moment is a worry. <laughs> From Austin, mostly. I know, but. I know it's that time of year, but there, there's a massive quantity of pro Brooks, pro Brooks articles coming out at the moment. On the uh, the unnamed podcast, they were talking about Brooksy as well. And, oh, no. Um, they, uh, the guy was real hot on him, and he's like, oh, yeah, some upside this year for 45 to 47 points. And I was like, <laughs> but he's priced huh? it. Like 42. 42. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't really understand. But anyway... No, Brooksy, avoid. I'm, yeah, I'm just actually, I, the only tiger I have in my team at the moment is one that's 250k. To allow and blow it to 250k. That's it. Yeah. And there's even talk of blow not getting an edge spot now, right? Oh, no, that's, that's just the map that, that's the old news of the people that haven't caught out to the, the big brain, you know, like the meme where there's like the brains with the different amounts of light coming out of it. Oh, they're yeah. like the real, they're like the real dull brain one, and there's dull brain. The, yeah, I'm the so you think player. Bateman's going to play a lot? Yeah, absolutely. And Bloor and Papali'i on the edges. Yeah, Bloor right edge with uh, uh, oh mate Dewey and um, Norfart and whoever that sender is that plays out there. Uh, and um, Talau probably. Yeah, that's and the one. then yeah, and then left edge of uh, Brooks, IPAP, maybe Naden or Stafatoa and uh, Mamalo out on the edge there. Was um, Bateman playing lock in Super League? Yes. Playing a bit of a mix, yeah, a bit mm. of a mix. Looked like a, a decent amount of middle. 
he kind of just does what he wants, right? Like, yeah. I think position's irrelevant to him. When you look at the Tigers, the, to- the style of footy that they want to play, apparently Benji Marshall told Joe Offengawi that he's not a lock. <laughs> to his face, just gave Yeah, him. he's not, He's not though. You are not a ball-playing lock. Right. You are a player. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I love Benji. Benji is a lock. Benji is a luck. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like how they went for the Jackson Hastings last year. Like that is yeah. the role that John Bateman's yeah. going to play. Benji is going to play that position, eh? <laughs> Get him back in. Yes, love it. Small luck. All right. Question from Brendan. Is it Brendan or Brendan? I don't know. I, I didn't type this one. Brendan, I can't spell. Yeah. Um, Cleary or Hines. Yeah, well, I think we've talked about this ad nauseum with Cleary. Um, I actually would take Hines if you were an overall player and you refused to listen to me about the uh, Murray strat. Yep. Um, Chappie. G'day, Chappie. Friend of the pod. He's um, still listening. 100% he's still listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, thoughts on Hayes Dunster, 250K if he's starting round one. Austin. Um, it's not pretty, but beggars can't be choosers. You have to take him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got nothing to add to on, that. It probably depends on the circumstances. If he's playing centre until Waka Blake's fit, I don't think it's a go. But if he's first choice winger, um, I think it is a go. But I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Hayes Dunster. I'm almost certain that it's going to be Sean Russell, uh, yeah. in which case you're paying like an extra 70K to have the same scoring um, and don't let the – Three tries in six minutes last year, Fulia. Uh, he is a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked about Sean Russell before. I think avoid yeah. that. I, I suppose it's like, is it Hayes Dunster or George Jennings off an ACL, or is it Talau? Is he the other two fifty k guy? Yeah, and Talau yeah. covers Cena. So I'm almost certain that the only one of those three players that's going to be in the round one side is Talau. Do you do you don't think it's gonna be Jennings? No, I think it'll be Iremia or maybe even Remus Smith on the wing with uh, Jack Howarth at centre. Oh, that'd be pretty nice. That would be pretty nice. Um, question from Fred: Is there any concern in Turpin taking minutes from Cheese? You guys don't reckon he's going to play? Uh, I think it's going to be Drew Hutchinson, not Turpin. I think Hutchinson is going to play time at Uka. He is going to steal minutes from Cheese, and I don't care. Yeah, I think Cheese not playing eighty is not an issue. If you're buying him, you don't you're not expecting him to play eighty. If you are, pick someone else because yeah, I don't think that's really his game, is it? It's the like he throws himself into tackles and he you know goes crazy, but he's not an eighty minute guy. So yeah, what do you reckon, Austin? Yeah, I I feel the same way. And with his ownership, you just got to ride the wave. It doesn't matter. But I also oh, yeah. feel like a lot of people are struggling to realize it's been like the transition with the edges now. There's not a lot of 80-minute edges around. Just like the 80-minute hooker is dying. There's not many left. Like if they're playing 60 to 65 minutes, they're turning into like your Harry Grants. And I think like a lot of teams are going that way. Yep. <laughs> 
I'm um, reading the next couple of response, Austin's responses to the question. I'm glad we... Mark's just highlighting them in the spreadsheet. It's genius. Uh, question from Trev. Um, what type of role do you think Ben Trevojevic is going to have this year? Is he relevant to fantasy? I'll let you go first, Osto. He's about as relevant as Luke Burgess was to his brothers. And if you don't know who Luke Burgess is, that probably answers your question. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, Mark? Yeah, I think that role is going to be Carl Lawton's role. Uh, and Carl Lawton is actually going to be relevant uh, once we feel confident with his fitness. But um, no, not when it's Ben Trebojevic doing it. Yeah, I think this is something to raise with the physio as well. Lawton's on his way back, but I think it's about round four or five. So, But that's going to be Lawton's role. So let's just avoid that because it might be Ben Trebojevic for four weeks or something. But... It's horrible. There's also talk of like, is it weeks? Is he the other guy? Uh, no, yeah, on okay. uh, I think it's days. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. That's real good. Yeah, but um, don't. Yeah, just I think whoever gets the 14 spot, just avoid it until Lawton's back. I think is the strategy. Yeah. Um, I'll come back to the next one. That can be a fun joke question for the end. Um, can this is from MLS? Can you tell Wayne we need Val Tafari to play as the center options are very stinky this year, Mark? I feel like I am saying Tafare, and some guy on uh, Facebook was ribbing me out about it earlier. No, it's Tafare. It's Tafare. If he's a Kiwi, yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I said. I said that he's saying I'm saying Fare wrong. What did, What was he saying? You're supposed to say it. I don't know. Like he said, I'm supposed to pronounce the R more or something like that. I don't know. Oh, Fare, maybe. Fare. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> it means it means house in Tereo, Māori, actually. Oh, Fare. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. Awesome. I want him for the buy rounds. I want him for the buy rounds. Yeah, later. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, honestly, I've watched so much tape on him in the ever since I found out that he might be an option. He's massive. He's like 110 kilos. Like he looks like tel- maybe like a Telekai, Bradman Best type, but he's just, he's a jet. He's going to be so good when he gets a chance. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. He also has a disgusting mustache and a horrible <laughs> mullet. And he's just going to be like, just a great guy to look at if he's in your team. This you is know? the second like, version of Ruben Cotter. Yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely here for it. I think, oh. yeah. Um, Speaking of Ruben Cotter, I'm pretty sad that we haven't mentioned him on this episode after 105 minutes, but did you guys like the photo of him that I sent you in our chat? That was really nice. No, I mentioned him in a sad story in that I started with him last year, but um, oh. yeah. Are you, are you guys off Are you guys off him now? Yeah, yeah, I am at the moment. I think there's just better options, eh? Like Tarpane is yeah. just pretty good. Team composition, yep. yeah. Yeah. Um, James says, is Hoiter a buy? Is that how you say it? Eloise Hoiter. Hoiter, Hoiter. No. no. Basically, no. Because the Cobo stuff was... The Cobo stuff was uh, storming a teacup, eh? Yeah. And yep. the, don't, I mean, don't slag off your coach, but... And yeah. the Reese Wolf, not injury, injury. Oh. That was, <laughs> oh, yeah. Wispy. Oh, Wispy got done hooked there. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, question from Chris. Murray Marnie 
or Robson Tapene? Matt? Uh, Robson Tapene, and it's not close. Yep. 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 And Austin, I assume you said the same. And then Wilton or D. Saifiti, pick one. Hate both Safidi is the right answer, yeah. I think. Safidi's an interesting one because uh, looking at, like, Ryan compared him the other day uh, in our chat to Junior Paulo and my love for Junior Paulo last year because I was You did love Junior Paulo last year. The difference is Safidi's changing these scorings like negative 5.5 in base and only 1.5 in attack with Paulo. It was almost exclusively attack. So I wonder if maybe um, he was just suffering from an injury and, you know, suffering from Clemmer actually doing some work for a change. And, um, and yeah, he, he's going to pick it back up. But Wilton's a really interesting one. I've actually warmed on Wilton a little bit, uh, particularly given, you know, like what Wade Graham saying he's, you know, he's spoken to Super League teams and he's happy to just be a team first guy. And, you know, if you look at Teague Wilton's back row starts, it's an average of 49, which is pretty delicious. Uh, but the concern is he's got the two games in the 60-minute area where he scored 37 and 31 points. So and he's got a 45% try rate, not in those two games. So I wonder if it's as simple as, like, you know, if he's playing well, he stays on. If not, he you know, he comes off. Although he does have an 80-minute 29 against the Roosters as well. So... I just, you know, I'm, yeah. There's so many good edges. Like you got Hopgood, Garner, and Katoa all significantly cheaper than Wilton, which is probably going to make me not end up with him. Yep. No, I tend to agree. Um, question from James Pickering: Hastings still a buy with Ponga at the other half. What do you think, Austin? As long as what you want, you'll have to be partnering. Just a guy with the minimal kicking game and all running, basically. Mark? Yeah, no, I agree. Love uh, love Hastings this year, assuming he's goal kicking. Even if he's not, I think he's a good buy, but he's a really good buy if he doesn't, if he does kick the goals. So I, I can't imagine that they're going to want to like add another thing to Ponga's plate. Uh, and Hastings was pretty good kicking goals last year. So, um, yeah, I don't know why they'd may move that responsibility. Uh, I just want to have a look at his career Hastings, his career goal. Like he's a 76.5% goal kicker, Jackson Hastings, since 2015. I'm going to, without looking at it all, I'm assuming Pong is worse than that. Oh, um, yeah, he was much better. Yeah, 72.5. So he's, you know, there was a time there where Barnett took the goal kicking off and Hastings' career goal kicking is significantly better. So I have to imagine it's going to be Hastings. But if it's Ponga, I'm going to have a really, really good look at Ponga and I'm probably going to be lukewarm on Hastings at that point. Yep. Yep. And Ponga's – it was a calf – it's a calf injury, isn't it? Yeah. He'll be right for round one. He'll be fine, but it's just the – I don't know who – who kicks – yeah, I don't know if the injury rate is that massive on Ponga, on a calf, but that's something to mention to the physio. Um, question from Jamie. Due to rolling buys, are you playing a stronger 19 with basement cheapies in the last spot? I think we've answered this already. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I think just pick pick 
emergency players that are going to um, score, you know, make you money. That's really that's really it, isn't it? Like, there's also lots of there's also lots of teams that you know if you only pick one guy from the teams, you only need a, like a decent eighteenth man. So like early dragons, the only dragon you should have is Sloane, and he should be in your emergencies anyway. Round two, it's the Seagulls, and you know, arguably you should have no Seagulls. Round three, it's the Panthers. If it's Cleary, it's head to head, and then you just play your 18th man and Garner, maybe. But for overall players, it should be just Garner. And then you just run Matt Dory, assuming he's the edge back rower. Round four, you got the Roosters. Same thing. You should only have Brandon Smith. Cover that with your 18th man. Round five is the Titans. Should only have Tanner Boyd and maybe Aaron Clark, 18th man again. You know, like, and then by then you're starting to look at, you know, like, oh, am I cashing down guys and whatever? Like, you know, like any, like, if you got Cowboys, Rabbitohs, Broncos, Raiders, Knights, Warriors, Bulldogs, you know, Dolphins, there's so many teams that don't have an early buy. Uh, it should be so easy to cover with 18 good players. Um, and then even then, like, you know, Sloan is a 19th man. You slap him in, he might get a 40 or a 14. You don't know. But everybody else is going to be doing the same thing as you, particularly if it's like Panthers or, or the Titans where those, there's those couple of really obvious options. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's the answer to that question. Um, I'm, I only give correct answers, mate. So, <laughs> um, Corwin asks Wilson or Horsburgh. I think we've spoken a bit about about um, fire truck. Did you say? Yep. Yeah, I think I think I tend to agree. Um, I don't know. I don't know what's if um, Graham's on the bench for the Sharks. Would you Would you buy Wilton, Mark? No. Uh, it, yeah. If If the If the bench was Cameron McInnes, Wade Graham, uh, Braden Trindle, and one middle forward, I'd look at it. Toby Rudolph or something? No, so I think the team's going to be Finucane, Rudolph, Hamlin, ULA, and then and then um, Royce Hunt on the bench with McInnes and then, you know, Wade Graham. And then the last question is, is it Trindle or is it like Oregon Kafusi is the, the fourth guy, whether they go for an extra middle forward or they use McInnes and Wade Graham as the utilities, which is I think the way that they will end up going is – you know, and Wade Graham might just play twenty minutes through the middle, and 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 you know that's it. But you know, if it's Trindle, maybe there's an answer to there for where you know Wilton's eighty minutes every week on the edge, and you know he's worth a look. But you know, Horsburgh, if he plays forty five to fifty minutes, should be close to forty nine anyway. So you know, yeah, I don't know if 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 that if you know that if that Raiders teams like Levi and Starling, and then you know Tarpany, Papali'i, and Horsburgh with you know, Whitehead, Young on the edges, and then like Trey Mooney at Mariota and um, some other potato coin, Harawira Naira. Like, I'll, you know, I'll be really, it'll be really hard to talk me out of Horsburgh at that point. But yeah, which is, which is possible. Like, we just have no idea what Sticky's going to do. So I, th- I think the problem is they got Emery Gula there who's going to have a spot. You know, I'd yeah. actually really like to see him just leave. Corey Harawiranari out completely. That would be, oh, I think so be too. The best case scenario for me for 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 everybody involved for fantasy. Yep. All right, I've got two more questions for y'all. Um, where do flies go at night, Austin? 
to Manly with the rest of the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And and Mark. Yeah. Now I can tell you unequivocally that uh, that they travel to North Queensland because you got thousands there. Yeah. Oh, mate, there's a lot. Yeah, and there's all those well, people walking around. You don't live there, but. I used to. There was a lot of people walking around with those cork hats all the time as well, which, you know, so they get the flies away. And so if you don't own a cork hat, um, which, you know, my family was very poor, so we couldn't afford a cork hat. You know, we had to share them. Um, that's a joke, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, no. Do you know the, um, the four Yorkshiremen sketch? They're like Monty Python. No. no uh, I'll, I'll, that's... And for another time, but it's basically these four Yorkshiremen just com- complaining about how poor they were, and it's really, really funny. <laughs> but I'll I'll take this offline. Okay, that's my, good. yeah. We don't, we, don't time, we don't have time in an hour and sixteen minutes to talk about Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're almost at two hours, mate. Oh, sorry, one hundred and sixteen minutes, not an hour and sixteen minutes. <laughs> no, I I re- I forgot that you guys just get a shitload of flies in Australia, but man, there's been so many flies since the like floods here. Like oh, yeah. it's, it's been crazy. Like, I think it's just cause it's warm and then there's rain. It's just, it's there everywhere. Anyway. Um, and my last question. <laughs> it's the first time ever in New Zealand that they've had humidity. It, no, no, we get humidity, but we don't get flooding. eh? like it's really, that's really, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. question from Dan, who's answered a lot of good questions. And this is, one of the better ones. Favorite player and coach to have a drink with. Rant is also encouraged. I'm going to start with Mark. Okay. So uh, there, there's probably like a, a silly answer to this question and a real one. So the silly answer is I'd like to have a beer with Anthony Seabold uh, only because I, you know, can sit down and, you know, get up the courage to ask him one simple question, which is how did he manage to trick another NRL team into thinking that he was good enough to be an NRL coach and giving him a contract? <laughs> like, it just keeps happening with these average coaches, though, eh? They just... Yeah, just, surely. They're just fraudsters. How do they keep getting jobs? Yeah. I just, like, you know, like, there's a couple of blokes floating around. Like, that's like it's not people. great. But even, like, um, you know, like, like, Des Hasler gets the boot, but... Seabold's got a job, like you know, like and they're in the same team. Like, surely they don't believe that that's an upgrade. They do. Yeah, crazy stuff. They do. Sometimes it's just like newer is better, you know. Yeah. Like sure. out with the old and with the new, and it's it's just not it's not not the one. How do you think? Oh, you obviously think Manly are going to be bottom four, right? Both of you. Oh yeah, they're going to be. Oh yeah, yep. uh, be, They have to be nudging the spoon, but. Like, the thing is, if Turbo, DC are fit, but, like, they've just got nothing in the forwards. Like, you know, like, it's Ola Kuatu and then, like, Dust. Like, <laughs> I just don't know. Like, I could I could be a starting prop on my one leg for Manly this year. Like, it's really, it's concerning. It's bad. Lange is, is not the one, eh? Like, of all the forwards to go out and get. <laughs> to the fact that they got him. Well, like they're, they're, even like that, they went and got went and got Ben Condon, who like you know he was all right in those couple of games, but he's an edge forward. That's the one position they didn't need. Like, you know, like I'm just so I'm so confused. Like, man, like, like what? Like, there's another one. Like, where's the salary cap going? Like, DCE and Turbo are raking in six million dollars. That's the only way I can see him. Jabs <laughs> will be on eight hundred, right? Oh no, he'd be on 
No, he'd be on a mil, like a mil, clear, comfortably on a million. Or Jake, you took yeah, Jake, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, Jake could be on yeah six, seven, eight hundred grand for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so yeah. too. He's the worst state of origin forward uh, that I can remember outside of all the other forwards that New South Wales seem to keep picking. Dale Finucane or no? Yeah. Dale Finucane's a jet, mate. What are you talking about? Oh no, sorry, wrong one. I'm saying Tim Glasby. Can I can I remind you? Uh actually uh, I want to tell you a story. I went to a state of origin game a couple of years ago and uh there was a, a loose ball and a majestic creature picked it up and sprinted down the field at top speed and got dragged down right on the goal line. By James Maloney, no less, was one Tim Glasby. State of origin hero, Tim Glasby, mate. Yeah. There was there was a there was more than twelve months where Tim Glasby had more state of origin wins than Nathan Cleary. So you shut your mouth. Yeah, he doesn't have more premierships though, so (laughs) no one cares about the NRL, mate. Everyone knows. What's What's the pinnacle? What's the pinnacle of rugby league? Uh, <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's state of origin, mate. It is. It's a state of origin. If your club team is losing, it's state of origin. If your club team is winning, then mate, it's I'm a Cowboys fan. I love club football. All right, let let me ask you a question. Oh no! All right, I'm gonna. No, I just want to make sure I got my stats right first. Here, hang on. <laughs> All right. Why is it not telling me? The wins and losses here. For what? I want to see uh, who's got a higher percentage. How many State of Origin games do you reckon Tim Glasby's played? Don't look it up. Uh, I want to say 10. Oh, that's too high. 10 seems high. I was going to say 6. 5. Mm. Uh, yeah. 5 State of Origins, 60% win rate. How many New South Wales players... In history, I have a 60% win rate, mate. There's about four of them. Yeah, I know. That's fine. I don't Pretty, know. maybe. Uh, Paul, Paul Gallon's got like a 90% loss rate. <laughs> yeah, Nathan Cleary's win rate in state of origin is lower than Tim Glasby's. Yeah, so but that's You can fine, stick mate. that in your pipe and smoke it. In your south in your mouth, eh? Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, but, um, but no, the actual coach I'd really like, like, you know, it, maybe this is hometown bias, but I think Todd Payton would be just a great bloke to go for a beer with, don't you think? I th- I th- I agree. Not not. I think he like. I think he's absolutely turned around Queensland, uh, North Queensland, the Cowboys. There we go. Um, but yeah, no, he just seems like a good dude, right? Yeah, he's a good bloke, and like you trust him to look after your grandmother. Um, yeah, he did a great job of the Warriors as well. You know, he's really just you know. His, and he teaches the right, the right type of footy, you know, effort, you know, work hard. You know, there's nothing overcomplicated about it. It's just run hard, tackle hard, be fit, you know, and grind the opposition and then win in the last five minutes. Like it's a, like he's coaching an exciting brand of football and I seem like he's, he seems like a good bloke. He's the anti-Seabold, in fact. He's done quite a good job with Tamalolo, I think. Yeah. Like, and I think knowing knowing that, you can succeed at the Warriors 
but also knowing that you can leave the Warriors is like a pretty dream role, I think, you know, <laughs> he was like, I've got this job, you know, I've got, I can do a good job. If I'm bad, I'm bad. I'm Stacy, whatever. But like he did a good job and then, you know, you can succeed if you can do that, I think. Yeah. And the so fact that he just didn't, didn't bow to the media pressure to play Tom Lalo for more minutes and then mm. gave every, gave everybody the finger last year. That was the... It just, it works so well. That's that's Tamalolo's role, right? Like he's a, he's a leader, but he doesn't need to play massive minutes. And he, in fact, well, thrived with, with those other middles just taking over and, and just being excellent. So There's one thing that, that the non-Cowboy, like people that don't watch Cowboys games religiously don't see and people that watch it with fantasy goggles on. When Tamalolo is tired, he's one of the worst defenders in the NRL. Oh, we know. I think we know that. Oh, he, mate, he just like he just gives up, and guys just run past him. If you watch a Cowboys game where they where they lose and watch the highlights, Tamalolo is in the frame, looking confused every <laughs> single time. <laughs> I think I think he I think Sebs not Sebs Peyton figured that out right, like yeah. figured out the max minutes he wants him on the field, yeah. where he's getting tired and. Yeah, just wants him effective and, you know, leading his troops around. And he's he signed the most ridiculous contract of all time. So you got to protect him for well, the 10 I mean, years. And, but then you look at his performances in the two finals games, you know, and he was playing 64 and 82 minutes and, you know, in the game against the Sharks, pumped at 95 and was an absolute menace because he wasn't yep. gassed from playing 70 minutes a, a week every week for the season. Yeah, he yep. scored the um, the... The was it the the game tying try in that final? Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Forty two tackles and two hundred and seventy meters in eighty two minutes for ninety five fantasy points and a try. What a weapon! But because like, he, he can do it, it. So tired. yeah, yeah. But just because <laughs> he can do it doesn't mean he should do it for twenty five games. You know, like correct. Save it for the for the final. Um, you play him up. Uh, you. Why don't we do the coaches and so? I'll do the we'll coaches. Do, we'll, We'll do like a little snake thing. So you awesome. guys do your coaches and then your players and I'll finish yeah. at the end. Okay. Now this one, I know it says rant is encouraged, but this one's probably inducer rant from someone else. But the, my coach to have a drink would be Ivan Cleary because he's the best coach in the NRL, obviously. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. I think, I think the only part of Ivan coach, can we just, you know, yeah, so it's we'll put an explicit tag on this. The only part of Ivan Cleary that's a good coach is his sperm. I think. I mean, I mean, he had, he was coaching his son as the ball boy, the Warriors and stuff. So yeah, okay. not sure if that's yeah, he, he was the best Warriors coach. I don't think it's close. Yeah, hundred percent. If he can take a Warriors team to a grand final, I think that gives you some pretty good chops. Yeah, in fairness, the bar's not particularly high for best Warriors coach, is it? The, the second best Warriors coach is Todd Payton. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not being facetious <laughs> here. I think it genuinely is. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Yeah. Love that for you, yeah. Rob. Yeah, yeah. Up the bars. I'm wearing my 2023 members hat right now as well. It feels good. Yeah, and your bush jersey. <laughs> I don't have a bush jersey. I, I should get one though, eh? Just for for the memes. Should we get Should we get some bush jerseys with amateurs logos put on them? That'd yeah. be so good, eh? I'll buy it. Let us do that, would you? Yeah. 
Yeah. Would that be the hottest selling merchandise in the NRL fantasy amateurs store if we put it up? I think so. Yeah. If I get 10 different people send us private messages on any platform, I'll design a Bush Jersey state of our, uh, Bush Jersey fantasy amateurs shirt and sell it. All right, I'm making the burner. I've got some, I've got some <laughs> contacts at, at Dynasty that would be able to put that together, I think. Okay, great. Let's put it together. Yeah, we, we um, for a friend of mine, we designed him a um, a Warriors netball like dress for his stag do. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It was it was truly outstanding. Um, yeah, okay. I think he's hanging it up in his. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I said Robbo. I reckon. I think he'd just be a good dude. I think he's he speaks his mind a lot in the presses, and I always I value that. I think I thought about um, Wayne Bennett for a little while, but I just think he's, I don't know if he'd offer that much on a night out. He seems a bit old. So oh, um, he's ancient. He, yeah. <laughs> he's, mate, he's a loose cannon. He'd be one of those blokes. You take him into a strip club and just let him run a mark and he'd just be yeah. an absolute weapon. Surely. Yeah. Yeah. He'd lose his phone and wallet immediately. Yeah. He'd be that guy. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah. No, Robo, I, I rate Robo away. I think I think he's my favorite coach. Yeah, no, nah, good coach. Yep. Now, Rob, you 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 answer for for your players a little bit interesting because you know you don't strike me as a uh, a loose cannon here. So I'm, uh, you know, I don't know what your night out is going to look like with you and and your mate here. Yeah, no, I said cheese. I just I think I just think he'd be an excellent night out. Um, I said villain on the piss. Because I think he would be. He'd just be incredible. Cheese. Um, yeah, it's been, you know, obviously I haven't got out as much since I've had a child. But, like, yeah, cheese would be great. Cheese would be such good value. And I just want to know all the stories, all, all the, you know, all the Kiwis that grew up with him on Waiheke Island just had the best time. And, you know, he just seems like one of those guys that just has a lot of tales, has, talks a lot of shit. And that's that's what I'm all about. Love that. What awesome. about you, Oscar? Uh, mine would have to be the Chad Townsend because I need some styling tips because his hair, no matter what type of game is, every time it's finished at halftime, it's still just as it was when he ran out. So it's flawless, eh? It is. Have you watched his vlog? Flawless. No, I haven't. I should. Yeah, he seems like he's a good bloke as well, and like I yeah. feel like. He'd be one of those guys that like wouldn't dog the boys. Like he'd have his like the the correct amount of shouts, and like yeah. you know he wouldn't he wouldn't like suggest that you go to like a shit pub that no one likes to go to, and that's, he's the only one that likes that pub. Like he'd he just be one of those guys and be like, "Where do you want to go?" Like yeah. you know, I just think he'd be one of those guys. You know, thoughtful. I met Chad once when he was at the Warriors. He was at um, Sky City, which is our casino. Yeah. And because that was kind of like where the Warriors hang out, hung out for some reason. I think they were maybe sponsored by Sky City. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I feel like they were. Yeah, I think that might have been it. But um, I was like, I, the one time I've had, I've been genuinely speechless because I was such a fan of Chad. I like went up to him and was like, can I please get a photo? But like, I was just speechless. And then I've got a photo with him and I like couldn't even smile properly because I was so nervous. <laughs> and I'll send it to you. It's, it's a lovely photo. I love Chad so much. So, and it, was it awkward because it was, in the, it was in the men's room at the urinal? And 
Nah, it was like just in the main lobby, but he was obviously like, you know, talking to the team and he was just like, oh, I don't really want to be bothered, but he was so nice about it. And yeah, yeah no, he's a good dude. He's I mean. an excellent guy. Yeah. Speak, speaking, I know you brought it up first, but you know, speaking about running into NRL players in, in urinals, um, there's uh, the nightclub in Townsville called, called the consortium. And I was uh, in the bathroom there one night and Paul Gallon walked in and um, he just was an absolute menace and was like walking down the street and everyone was trying to fight him. I think they must've just lost like to the cows or whatever. And yeah, he was just being an absolute unit. Um, <laughs> he'd be up there with the people that I would least like to go for a beer with, I think. Yeah. I think he'd just be an absolute liability. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And that's the exact same, like, for me, like, when I saw Cheese, I was like, oh, I can't think of anybody worse that I'd like to go. Like, I'm like an old man. I want to be in bed. Like, it's it's 8.25 p.m. here, and I'm, like, ready to go to bed straight away. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but my, no, my, my, my guy I'd like to have a beer with as a player is Cameron Murray. Um, I just think he would be just the optimum wingman, uh, but he'd also be a good enough guy that he would – be the one that took the ugly one for you as well. Like, you know, he just, you know, he'd, he'd be, you know, he'd be the right balance of charming and good looking, but then, you know, he'd, he'd just, you know, he'd be, help you out, feel like he gets paid enough, he could have a shout um, and seems like a good guy. So, yeah. Yeah, he does strike me as that guy as well. He's also pretty enough that he would bring the girls to you anyway. So it's like. Yeah. yeah, like you said, perfect. the perfect. Oh, he would. It, it, it just flutter his eyes, eh? And they'd be, yeah, yeah. yeah. All He's over beautiful the man. Yeah. Beautiful just as man. a side note, there, there was a person that, like, although he's a Queensland state of origin hero, if there's anyone that I just definitely would not want to go for a drink with because it would end up with me, like, in prison or something, it would be Cameron Munster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. yeah. I am so easily led astray, which is why I want someone like Mars that I know is going to like take care of. I feel me like me, I feel like Reese Walsh, Walsh has got a bit of that in him as well. Oh yeah, well he's a Queensland state of future Queensland state of origin hero. So yeah, you know, absolutely. He's just bound to be an idiot. T- yeah, tell me this: if if Ponga wants to play six now, do you think he still want to play six for Queensland? Well, that's going to be so, that's going to suck for him. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not good enough. Yeah, it, the the funny thing is, I think Munster's best position is actually fullback, but he's yeah. just you know he's also like uh, like the best five eight and the best fullback in the NRL. So yes. yeah, it's uh yeah. So but like I, I there's no way that Ponga's going to play five eight for Queensland, but yeah. he might pay, he might play fullback. But, you know, Reese Walsh is up there with a red-hot go. But Brimson, if Brimson has a cracking start to the season, he might just displace Ponga altogether. Ponga could end up as a 14, but then you've got Ben Hunt and Harry Grant, which worked so well last year. It was excellent. You can't disrupt that. You cannot. Yeah, and, and, you know, like the New South Wales took the poor man version with Damian Cook and Appy Corusau, but, I mean, yeah, it was <laughs> a cheap. it was a cheap imitation, really. Uh, compared to the elite play from uh, Ben Hunt and Harry Grant, so I mean, you know, hero, Ben Hunt. Yeah, and then you know, in the centres we've got you know superstars like Valentine Holmes and Dane Gagai, who you know, who actually I know this is a weird concept. They actually play centre all the time, and then again in State of Origin, 
uh, which I know is unusual, but you know it's it's a strategy that seems to work. So I, I just don't I don't think there's a spot for Ponga if it's not at one. And there's a couple of really good options coming through uh, who have similar skill sets to Ponga. Um, but I mean, the thing is, like, as, like I am a noted Ponga hater, uh, but also he can do things that not many other players can do, and you need that in state of origin. So. You know, if there was thirty was, seconds, he was really good last year at, at, yeah. at fullback. Yeah, yeah, sp- particularly when he was running straight past Talakai for the game-winning try. Um, yeah. I think that was that was up there with the quality state of origin moment. What do you think, Osto? How, how did you feel about Game Three last year? Um, I feel like the better team definitely won. So that's how it is, yeah. and sometimes you just have to cop it on the chin. Yeah, that's exactly how I felt when the Cowboys lost last year in against the Eels. Because um, yeah, the Eels were definitely better than the Cowboys last year, which was not saying a lot for the Eels. Honestly, yeah, I, it didn't matter who showed up there in that grand final; they were going to get spanked. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That Penrith team was just clicking, eh? Yep. And, uh, all right, and um, only, and that night. only twenty, only twenty more questions to go. No, I did, <laughs> I did get one more question through on Instagram. Um, <laughs> before we finish off. My uh, my mum sent through a uh, a question. Uh, yeah. She just wanted to know if she was going to get an opportunity to guest on the uh, the podcast this year at all. Oh, we'd love that, Mrs. Jessup. Yeah, yeah, of course. She's keen. Please. Yeah, she was worried that she was going to come on and and uh, give advice to people and and have them be upset that she didn't know what she was doing. But I think that's pretty much exactly the same as the advice that we give out to people anyway. So, pretty much. <laughs> All right, guys. Awesome. Rob, you did a great job, except you failed the task of keeping the podcast on track. At 136 minutes, it might be our record longest podcast of all time. Yeah, it's it's really hard, isn't it? Like, you think you're going well, and then I had a look, and we were like nine questions through, and we were like 80 minutes down. So it's like, <laughs> it's really, you know, I think there's lessons to be learned, and yeah. But that's fine. I think nah, we've right. had a great time. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Who drew a penis on the show sheet here? Uh, no one. Somebody I know you're talking. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it's gone. And it's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> We're, <laughs> We're professional podcasters here. So thank you very much for joining us for the NRL Fantasy Amateurs. Extremely professional. Uh, <laughs> Listener Questions Podcast. Hope you had a good time. See you next time. Bye. Love you guys.